worst case scenario, uh, run out of money and can't afford to support yourself financially and end up sleeping on your best friend's couch until you find another job. Boom, wrote that down. So I'm like writing down all the worst case scenarios so I can see what it looks like to, to really, like the absolute worst, right? Cool. Once I finished that, on the other side, I wrote best case scenario. Mm-hmm. What does this look like if it goes well? Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank you all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast. And thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to the Work and Play podcast, <laughs> where we talk to people who uh, about their career journeys, life trans- transformations, transitions, and self-actualization, which we talk all about through your story and whatever that means to you. So this person right here, <laughs> if you have not already been tuned in, is someone who actually, if you look at his social media, though you don't post a lot, is the epitome of work and play. And I say I don't say that often because what I believe is work and play is not a balance. It's mm. just that they merge, that your work is play. Okay. And you live in Mexico right now. You live in Mexico. You say remote working. But essentially, you your picture, your profile picture is like you sitting at the, the laptop literally working. What, did you do you have a top is your shirt off or do you no, have, no. it's just it's just like okay no, wait, it's you, not the corona <laughs> it could be though like you literally look like work and play all in itself so um that's my that was my introduction to you i also got a chance to be on the morning meetup and you taught us about facebook ads um and i also got a chance to witness you today at the content creation boot camp yeah. um so I've gotten to see you. I've gotten to see you in different elements of your um, professional journey. And then as soon as I talk to you, I'm like, Oh yeah, you were on vacation last time I saw you. You were like, Nah, I live in Mexico. <laughs> so, so without yeah. further ado, would you mind introducing yourself so we can get back into this conversation? Yes. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'm David. Um, so I quick. So professional background. Um, I went to Georgia Gwinnett College. Um, I don't know how far back you want me to go. You want me to start professional or you want me to start like life? Um, you might, it, it all started. It all started back <laughs> when my mom and dad. Yeah, sometimes uh, we do go back, for real. Like, did you know okay. you were going to do like Facebook ads when you were younger? Sometimes God, I do. I know. I used to want to be a youth pastor. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you do seem like a very wholesome guy, though. Yo, I love. <laughs> youth i love kids like mm. if you if you if like a little three-year-old ran in here i'll be on the floor like rolling and playing with them i love yeah. kids. okay so, but i've always yeah I, I wanted to be a youth pastor but back so i was we'll start from the beginning beginning and okay. i'll go quick so yeah. i was born in congo you were born in congo i was born in congo um and i moved to atlanta when i was just about to turn eight years old so came here about to turn eight um, actually came as a refugee, so mm. I was born in Congo, but my mother is Rwandan. Okay. So my dad's side of the family is Congolese, my mom's side of the family is Rwandan. Mm-hmm. But I, didn't, I grew up with my mom, I didn't grow up with my dad. Um, and my mom also actually grew up in Congo. But a war broke out and she had to flee the country as a refugee because Rwandan people were getting like 
persecuted essentially um and so my family like my mom her sister like they all had to leave her whole all her siblings they all had to leave some of them went to london yeah. some of them went to um and then some some of us came here um so got to atlanta um actually lived in a refugee camp in cameroon for eight months uh people was like oh that must have been so hard i'm like yeah it was hard for my mom but i played soccer every day <laughs> <laughs> I was having I mean, a blast. <laughs> this was 90, 1990, like back in 1990? This was in 1990, uh, what was it? 1999. 1999. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was 1999. The refugee camp, I think, was like all of two, not all of, like 2000. Because we, when we got to Atlanta, we got to Atlanta August of 2000. Okay. And so... If, you know, if we August is the eighth month, eight eighth month, and so we did eight months in the refugee camp. So I'm math like we probably got there in January. Okay. Um. So all the war stuff and all that stuff was happening in like '99 mm. in Congo. So, um. Yeah. So came here. Did I only spoke French? I didn't speak any English. What? It was so. Oh Frustrating. I was so angry. I was just a, yeah. the first couple months in Atlanta was just an angry couple months because I was like, like, uh, just frustrated. And I, like, I understood math because the numbers were the same, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how to, um, how to answer the questions because I knew the answer, right? But mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how to say it in their language. And, um, yeah, and so like that was super frustrating. It took me like a year to get to the point where I was like, pretty much fluent you know like kids learn Quicker languages than, super yeah, fast than adults. yeah yeah mm -hmm. so it, like after a year i was like super fluent yeah um but yeah that first year was like oh it was brutal i remember my mom had a she got called into the uh i used to get kicked out of school all the time for fighting because she was like and, you gonna understand yeah. me <laughs> well my mom like i'll get i would get suspended or whatever and my, my mom would be like what happened like they said you got you hit some kid and i'm like yeah because he was saying mean stuff to me. She's like, how do you know you don't even speak English? <laughs> like, that was why I could just tell my you face. Energy, like, nah, you said something that I don't right, like. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, she came into the school and she was talking, they were like, yo, you gotta come up here, we gotta talk about David, and like, just, like, he has to, he needs to stop. And she came and like, she was my mom. Um, she spoke English because she learned it in school, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't because I, I I was when I left I was like in second grade, and I think she learned it in like maybe like college or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she was kind of telling like she was like, yeah, the teacher saying that you know you're acting up and doing this this and that, and, uh, and she's like, you know, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, it's because of the way that she keeps treating me. It's like making, it's like, you know, it's making me angry pretty much. Yeah. And she's like, well, what is she doing? And I was like, well, basically, I told her in French and she told the teacher, she was like, okay, he's saying that you know that he doesn't speak English and you're asking him questions in front of the entire class mm. to make him look stupid on purpose. Oh, bruh, your mom <laughs> peeped that just off of you telling your story? And she was like, the teach and the teacher obviously wasn't doing it intentionally. She's yeah. probably just trying to include me. Mm -hmm. But then she broke down crying because she was like, the teacher did. Yeah, because uh -huh. she was like, I had no intention to make him feel. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. she felt so bad, and so 
that that first year was just brutal. But after that, it was like things got. Once I could communicate, like life got fun. I was like, all right. Now we can have a good time. <laughs> I was, Stop hitting y'all. Yeah, we're all friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so so she was like she explained it to the teacher and you know we hashed all that out and I, it took me a year after a year I was like I was good um, and the city I grew up in when I got here I don't know if you know where Clarkston is yeah Clark- okay yeah mm-hmm. so I grew up in Clarkston there's a large refugee population Huge. out there I think like over 95% of the refugees that get resettled in Georgia get resettled in Clarkston mm. right so like it's basically like they just put refugees in the hood pretty much. <laughs> then, so, uh, it, but for me, it was really cool because I grew up with like African Americans were half my friends, and the other half was it was a mix. It's like African Americans and like just people from everywhere, like Bosnia, Vietnam, Sudan, like. My friends, it was the most diverse place ever. And for me, it was normal. I didn't realize it wasn't normal until I left, mm. right? Because um, in high school, um, my mom was like, yeah, we have to get out of here because you are either going to end up in jail or dead. Mm-hmm. Because, like, just all my friends, I mean, to me, they're still, like, they, they were just normal kids. But everybody was involved in something that was that they weren't yeah. going to be involved yeah, in yeah. and she was just seeing me kind of like always being in that Gravitate mix right towards that mm-hmm. but even your brown friends, skin so you 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 identify with the brown people and of, in in america are brown 100%. people especially if you're in the hood you yeah know, i got you yeah, yeah. you could have told you what a whole different route yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah um yeah and i was going a whole different route yeah um but again, like, I think when you're in that environment, it just, everything feels like normal. It's not till you get out of it that you see it as something different, yeah. right? Like, but when you're in it, it's just, it's just life, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she was like, yeah, you're like, you're like, we got to get you out of here. Cause mm. I didn't, we didn't come here for you to end up either being in jail or like dead. Cause you're blah, blah. Like we would see the news. She, my mom would watch the news at night and she would see like such this, whatever, whatever, was shot da, 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 da. and like I would I would always know who the like I would just know who, who it was it was people was. that I knew and yeah. I was close to and she'd seen me around and mm. she was just like he's too close to this yeah. he needs to get out you wow so um so she decided to move so we moved to Grayson in Gwinnett County okay um and that was like Gwinnett though yeah she was like I think so her sister, our, her sister had been living there for, my aunt had been living there for like years. Okay. Um, so I think it might have been a proximity thing to her sister. And she was also like, oh, they have really good schools where my aunt lived. Mm. So she, because um, Grayson High School was like super good school. Like they had, yeah, really good school. So she was like, cool, we'll go there. Culture shock like crazy. Um, I get there and I'm like, yo, this is like. Especially being in Clarkson, because that divert, like the mm-hmm. diversity in Clarkson, is like unmatched in the state of Georgia, maybe in the country. Like yeah. it's yeah. And you're not just talking about diversity, like okay, there's black and white. No, there's no, no, so no, no, many no. other cultures, and you have black people. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly, a whole other diversity exactly. than what I can imagine you experiencing. Right, right, right. So that like getting there, it was just great. I mean, it was. I'm glad that was a really good decision on her part, like strategically for my life, because <laughs> it made because 
I don't know if you've heard of like the concept of a bell curve. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So like if you or like just the law of averages, that type of stuff, mm -hmm. where most the average person is gonna be somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. of whatever group that they're in, right? Yeah. Like they might not be like super outlier on the far left side or on the far right side. They'll be somewhere in the middle. Most right. people, right? Yeah. Then you have a few people who are way over here, mm -hmm. a few who are way over there. Yep. So when I get to Grayson, everybody is talking about like, oh dang, yo, I I gotta get such and such GPA because this school requires me to have a three point mm -hmm. this, and right now it's this. But if I, and I'm like, I never heard anyone talk about this stuff, yeah. right? So I'm just <laughs> now I'm like the oddball out. So now I gotta. Figure out what the heck is going on, yeah. just so I could fit in. Yeah, you know? fitting in is a whole nother thing when you're like trying to. Everybody's trying to get a three point nine just so that they can get to the top. Oh well, let me fit in. But yeah, so it's like just being in that environment put me in a situation where it's like, and I'm, like again, I told you I was like before we started recording. I was like, I've always been a terrible student. If any of my teachers watch your podcast, they'll like they'll be like, yeah, he was a terrible student. <laughs> Um, but just being there made me like my friends would like tell me like, yo, bro, you got to get it together because you got to get to college and da, da, da. And I'm none of my friends in Clarkson would have said that. Not because and some of my friends in Clarkson are some of the smartest people I've ever met. Yeah. Like way smarter than me. Yeah. But it's just the environment we were in. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. That's a whole other podcast episode. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, it was just it was just a completely different environment. The mindset that they had, that my new friends had, and my old friends had. Yeah. And they would push me to do things that for them were was like the norm. Like I was behaving as abnormal when I wasn't doing some of these things. So they're like, "Yo, you tripping? Like, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's not uh, cool. You're yeah, not getting an A." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, anyway, so go to Grayson. Mm -hmm. And I think the only reason I even went to college was because I was in that environment. And let's just for the people who don't live in Atlanta, Gwinnett, and you mean like diverse, you went from a diverse um, community to all white, predominantly white, right? Predominantly white. There was like, there were some black kids, mm -hmm. but I remember getting there and the, the very first thing I thought to myself was, this is where all the like this is where all the white people are because i always seen them on tv and this sounds crazy like saying it out loud but i just never in my life going from like think about it, i went from africa yeah to this place that's like the hood mixed with refugees from around the world yeah my entire life yeah and then like the suburbs of georgia <laughs> right so little and so it was just like holy jeez like I've never seen this many white people in one room in my in my life. <laughs> so you like, lived your, like you lived your whole first part of being in America, not even knowing like what that. What I knew. Really no, like. I did, yeah. I thought I was living in America. I thought, right. that was, <laughs> and I was like, there was. I literally remember one white kid growing up. His name was Kyle. Mm. I don't know any other white kids from my childhood. I was like, Kyle, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> And he was like the one white kid in my middle school. And it was like Kyle and this other dude named White Mike. <laughs> white Mike? Okay. <laughs> that was it. Like, I just, I don't remember anything. 
Dang. Okay, so, so yeah. Yeah, so I get there and I'm yeah. like, wow, culture shock. I mean, it, it was just like, to me, it was just like, this is cool. Like, I never, I saw y'all on TV. Nice to meet y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have any preconceived notions of like what it would be like working, not working, but um, hanging out in a predominantly white space? No. Based on TV or none of that? Not at all. Like, no, because, and there's, and so this, this might get into a deeper conversation about this (laughs) (laughs) because um and this i learned a lot from my african-american friends like from just being like spending the a whole week at their house hanging out with them like just being at the i'll just always be sleeping over at my friend's house and stuff Mm -hmm. and so just seeing i remember being in second grade I won't say his name, but there's this kid that I used to hang out with, and he was also in second grade. This is when I first moved moved here, mm-hmm. and he he would say stuff to me like, "Yo, uh, he like, yo, David, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta watch yourself because you know the white man's always trying to hold us down." <laughs> second grade, second grade, right? And obviously, he probably heard this at home From or something. And I was so confused because I didn't know what he was talking about because like. Because the type of oppressive systems that exist in a lot of African countries are very different from the oppressive systems that exist in the United States. Mm. So, like, it's not, it, it's it's just different, right? So, that type of thing was, like, confusing. One, because I was a kid. But even just coming from Africa to the states i think if i'd have been even a teenager i still wouldn't have immediately got it mm-hmm. because the history is so different like yeah. like the united states had has this history of like the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and like all the you know what i mean like it's 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 a completely different thing and it's one history because it's a country yeah. whereas in africa there's so many countries yeah. that all have their own relationship so fun fact and if you go to africa right now um it's a shame, but I can't remember how many countries there are in total. Out of all the countries in Africa, I want to say like two, maybe two, maybe three. It's single digit number mm-hmm. um, that don't speak a European language. Ooh. Right? So every single, almost every single African country mm-hmm. if, if, that you go to speak, yeah. like in Congo, they speak French because they were colonized by Belgium who speaks French. In mm-hmm. Nigeria they speak English because they were colonized by the British who speak English. In Angola they speak Portuguese because they were colonized by the Portuguese, Portuguese. right? Mm-hmm. So but they all speak their own languages too. Mm-hmm. But like the languages that are normally taught in schools or like the business languages, mm-hmm. it's some European language, right? Yeah. So it's it's a little bit different than the American black history. Um because there's like it's like with it's each because we're all they're all there you have all these people that have a, a, a history with a different european country right right where that's not the case here right like yeah. it's the same it's the same oppressive system coming right. from the same place right yeah whereas in africa it's, it's like all over the place yeah the oppression looks different it, it's very the systems different. are different i understand yeah yeah and so um and the exploitation is different like how the exploitation works is different mm. like here um like there a lot of times the land gets exploited right so like the minerals the gold the diamonds right. the, the 
the the cobalt the right all, like all this stuff right? i mean as i would say people were exploited until they drained africa dry of all the good good people that they could get <laughs> i'm not to say that there are no more good people there but like y'all sucked the human yeah. capital the yeah, they, they, yeah so yeah so so cliff oh, i'm gonna say this name <laughs> break that up uh, so this friend of mine that was telling me this he kind of like was introducing me to like the oppressive system that existed in second grade in second grade so, without knowing it of course but okay. he just made me think like what is this guy talking about like, mm-hmm. the white man's trying to hold us down why <laughs> what did we do <laughs> like I was just because I'm thinking what, what did you and I do like, I didn't even I thought he was talking about us as in me and him right, right. I'm like what did we do yeah um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm curious. Okay, so I'm curious thinking about you. There's there's so much, and we have to get into your story we as will. an adult. We will, we will. But there's so much that that to be said about the racial trauma that an African American oh, yeah. experiences oh, yeah. when it comes to success. That oh, one, your mom strategically took you out of that environment and put you in an environment where you know success was the norm, which yeah. is a great thing. Um, but I think the trauma that's passed down to your friend right. and then whoever's in his family, it's such a, a negative virus that it's al- it almost like counteracts any level of success. You you would have to be plucked out of your environment yeah, and yeah. one by one, which yeah. still doesn't do very much for the culture. No. But I think it's, it's a two-edged sword because you don't want that trauma because you can't reach a level of success. But you also don't want to be plucked out of your environment without the culture that at least the little bit of a culture African Americans do have. So it's a great it's a great thing that your mom plucks you out. And yeah, it was very helpful. It was very helpful. And seeing the contrast between those two groups of friends, it, like I I like how Marcus was talking about today, like just taking time to think. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time <clears throat> just thinking. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go on walks by myself or drives by myself for like hours. And I'll I'll put I'll use the voice memo app on my iPhone, hit record, and just start speak like just start talking mm-hmm. how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what 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 my blockers are, what I want to accomplish, why haven't I accomplished it? And I'll just let it all out. I won't really think too much about it. I'll just let it all out into this voice recording, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back later mm-hmm. and re-listen to what was coming out. Really? And it, it, I, it might not work for everybody. For me, it's like the number one thing that helps me like just move forward, just get unstuck when yeah. I'm feeling stuck. I like that. So what this crazy thing is, and you know, transparently, and I'm not going to go too much in my thing, but <laughs> what I told Marcus today was that I've been having this future blocker thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I audio journal my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I even write my thoughts sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm more so audio these days because I don't be having time to, yeah. to write. But I never, I would say 99.999% never go back and re-look at my videos, my audio, or my writing. Yeah. And then if I do, it's like a Facebook reminder, like, this is what you said 11 years ago. I'm like, oh, she was smart. But I'm still only, regret- I'm only like in a cycle of positive reinforcement mm. and I'm not going back and looking at those blockers. So yeah. No, for me, the reason I do that is I particularly struggle with um, like the way my thoughts come. It's really scattered and it's, it's you know, when like the way you're listening to me right now, mm-hmm. I'm speaking mm-hmm. and you're just listening, mm-hmm. right? 
it's hard for me to listen to the voice in my head mm -hmm. when it's in my head. Mm. So I have to like, I have to get it out of my head mm -hmm. so that I can listen to it. Mm. it. It sounds like weird because like, can't you just hear your thoughts? I can, but I can't hear them in a linear fashion. Yeah, it, it's like not linear. So it, 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 like, I need to hear it in a linear fashion. So yeah. I have to just let it out, let it out, let it out. Yeah. And then I go back and I'm and I can do this. Yeah. Where I'm just sitting there like this. Yeah. And just listening to what he's saying. Yeah. And I'm like, and sometimes it's like the thing that I'm, when I hear it, I'm when I just hear it out loud, I'm like. Bro, that's such a simple song. I just needed to hear it. <laughs> but like, that's such a simple song. Like we, that's, that's already fixed. I love like. <laughs> that. I'm literally going to go back and listen to my journals. Yeah. Because I hear what you're saying. I think, I think my issue, and we go, I swear we're going to get out of me, but the blocker, when you don't know what it is, when you don't know what your blocker is, and for those of us who are good listeners, if you really take the time to listen to yourself, you'll be able to find what those roadblocks mm -hmm. are. And like you said, it, it might seem like a really soft, a simple solve if you just allow yourself to hear yourself out. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. When did you start that? Years ago. Years ago? Yeah, I've been doing it for like, I, I, I would do it a lot with my goals. Mm -hmm. um, like, if I had goals that I had written down, I would take that list of goals I don't know if you ever like write goals down but if you yeah. like I would take that list of goals and I'll go for a walk yeah. and I would read so I'd read like goal number one mm -hmm. is this mm -hmm. and then I would just talk through it like okay so what do we have to say about this goal dang okay well I haven't really been you know I haven't really been working on this as much as I should because this this is that but like why is that why and I'll just like let words come out <laughs> you know like yeah. just let it come out and yeah, I've been doing this for years. Like, I love that. Yeah, I'd go on drives in my car and do it. I think that's a key. I think that's a key to success. And um, I mean, you, like you said, Marcus said, sit down and think. And so many of us get like, even myself, get like um, lost. Like, okay, so what do I do when I think? Mm. But I think you can spend that time listening to yourself. Like even, even for the busiest person, I would say I would say the reason I don't go back is because like who guys who has another hour to go back and listen but if you give yourself an hour of listening to yourself that's just as valuable I guess as sitting down meditating right yeah. but it's probably even more valuable because you're processing your own thoughts yeah I mean that like you do you listen to podcasts absolutely so like the time you take to listen to podcasts just listening, listening to your own podcast yeah that's, that's dope thank you for that yeah. okay so, yeah, so we're in, in college uh, high school so we're in high school so yeah. um I thought this was going to be way quicker, but we're in high school. <laughs> and so in high school, I'm getting now the chance to compare the two realities that I've gotten exposed to at this point. Mm. And the I can see the impact that the new reality is having on me. Mm. And I'm like, this is interesting. And it's all happening because of environment. I'm not I'm not any different. I'm not doing like I'm not. I'm the same dude in a new environment. Yeah. That's literally all that's changed. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing, I'm observing, like, the, the, the changes that... The, and it's almost making me a little bit sad because it, I, I'm now thinking about my friends from Clarkson. And I'm like, so what about them? <laughs> right? Mm. Survivor's mm. remorse? I don't know if it's survivor's remorse or... I think I felt a sense of just... Because I didn't feel like I'm doing... I didn't feel guilt. Okay. I felt sadness 
because I didn't see how they could get what I'm getting. Mm. Like I was like, because like I didn't feel yeah I didn't feel guilt or anything mm. like that. Like like dang I have this and nobody else does. I just felt like dang like just what like this one simple thing has made such a drastic difference in the way that I think about life yeah. and the value that I now I had no value for my life in Clarkson. Like mm. I didn't. I was okay with dying tomorrow. It just, I didn't care. Yeah. And, and like that changed. It, it, like when, you know what I'm saying? Like when I got out of that environment. And I don't think it's Clarkson as a whole. I think my friend group too had a lot to do with it. I think we all had a certain mentality that was just that, like that. Um, so I don't think it's this, I don't want to say like, oh, Clarkson's this terrible place. Yeah. Like it, it's not. It's actually just the friend group that I had. Mm-hmm which I love, but it was just, we all had a certain mentality and it was, we didn't value life. Mm-hmm. And moving out, just, I started seeing all these things and I was like, well, now I value life, but it's not cause, it, it's just cause the environment and, and everybody values life. Like, um, so now all of a sudden, like, just, I'm just being normal. I'm just being whatever's normal in this environment, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was kind of difficult because I was like, I was struggling to understand why it was that some of my friends who were African-American, specifically African-American, like, why is it that they're in this situation that they're in and, like, their parents were in this situation and, like, their parents were in this situation like I, I couldn't figure it out. I was, I was really, I was, it was like really bothering me. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, this is me as a high schooler just sitting in my room, just you thinking about like. Basically, think about the world's problem. At, at this point, you're starting to become aware of the world's issue. Yeah, and it, it was like, it just made me sad because I was like, dang. So like, what? So what's the fix? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they get help? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and why? Like, yeah, it was just really confusing. Um, and I still don't really have the answer. I think one of the, and the reason I'm even like talking about this with you on this podcast is because on the off chance that there's some kid that listens to your podcast that has a similar background, Mm -hmm. I just want them to hear that like, yo, there's different ways because Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I never heard the term graphic designer. I never heard the term software developer. I never heard, um... I never heard the term data analytics. Okay. I never, like there's all these roles that I know about now, mm-hmm. these options that I'm aware of, that I, I just wasn't aware of. No one in my community was aware of these options, Yeah. right? But everyone in the new community knew them. They right. knew all these different options that they had. Like my, one of my closest friends um, that I met when I moved to Grayson, um, another African-American kid too, um, well, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I was about to say he's, he's actually Jamaican. Okay, but, <laughs> gotcha. But but he like but he grew he he was born here he was mm-hmm. raised here and okay. everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I want to be a corporate lawyer. I was like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is like tenth grade, right? And like my tenth grade friends from my old neighborhood, like they, me included, never heard nothing like that. That's he's like, yeah, I want to be a corporate lawyer. Then I meet this other guy, and he's like, yeah, I want to be an accountant. Then I meet this other guy, and he's like, yeah, I want to be like a knee surgeon. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like all these people who are just, I'm like, dang, y'all are aware of so many options. So 
and that was a huge like turning point in life for me mm-hmm. um and then in the summer between uh graduating high school and going to college i went to georgia Gwinnett college in lawrenceville mm-hmm. in that summer in between um i have a an uncle who lives in africa um he's he's a real estate investor like he's doing really well for himself um he get he was like yo as a graduation gift i'm gonna fly you out to africa so you can hang out with us for the summer because you know we haven't really seen you since you guys left that's a bad gift great gift so he he uh got me a ticket out flew out there and got to hang out with some of my family members there and like see him and stuff and it was so inspirational i remember so he's a real estate he's an architect Mm -hmm. uh and he's a real estate developer as well um yeah so it's it's really cool. So he like be designing his own buildings exactly. and hotels and yes, stuff. Yes, like you do anything. Anybody else? Like, that's cool. You need to have him on your podcast. Uh, but yeah, so I was. I remember just being at his house to have this dope like mansion. It's it like it was beautiful. I had this pool and this lush garden in the back with the with a full bar with like actual alcohol in the bar, like. And, uh, That's crazy because you came to America, you see diversity, but you more you see more of you. And we don't have a pool in a nice no, state. No, yeah, and then yeah. you go to Gwinnett, you're like, oh, <laughs> they're thinking they're they're living life. If we live if we leave it there, <laughs> then African Americans we would think they have the nice things and we don't. Oh, but then no, you go no, to no. <laughs> the we say back home. So when I went back home, I actually went to Rwanda. You went so to it's Rwanda. My mom's family. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So my mom's Rwanda, so I went to go see her family. Mm-hmm. So I go this 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 dude is like like uh, G wagon parked out front, Jaguar parked next to it, and the Mercedes Benz that he doesn't drive with TVs. And this one when TVs were cool to have yeah. in the back, <laughs> on the little head thing. And he's like, and he's like, oh David, you want to like you like go stop hanging out with us? Go like he's like, like, your age. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey. He literally tosses me the keys to the Mercedes. He's like, here, take the car and, you know, go meet some people. I'm like, bet. I get in the car and I know how to drive at this point. So. Do you know you're going though? No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm super adventurous. So I get in the car and I'm like, it's it's manual. <laughs> it's thick shit. I don't know how to drive this. We don't, like, we don't drive this. And I had to take that walk of shame back in the house. Give him the keys back and call a taxi. It was fun while I lived this moment. No, but he's like balling, balling. And I remember I was like, uh, so I'm just bumming at, at this point, I'm like 18 years old. I'm just bumming at his house. And um, I remember one day I, I woke up, I went out to like the, that little garden area and he was, he was there. And I think he was like having breakfast or yeah, he was having like some tea and whatever. And I was like, yo, I'm, um, because I wasn't really sure what he did at that point. I just knew he had a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yo, uh, aren't you, aren't you supposed to be at work?" And he looked at me like I was the. He looked at like the look he gave me. <laughs> he was like, "Supposed to be." <laughs> Whoa! He, like, he felt disrespected. <laughs> he was like, I. I don't I, no I asked him I was like don't you have to be at work mm-hmm. and he's like have to be he's like I don't I don't I don't ever have to be anywhere and I was like 
what? Because <laughs> literally my whole life, I, I've seen you, you wake up, you get ready for work, you go to work, and you go, you work, and then you come home, and then you do the same thing. I've never met anyone yeah. who doesn't do that. I, no one, zero people. He was the first human being that I met that broke that. Yeah. And I was so confused. I was like, what do you mean, what do you, mean you don't have to be at work like and he, we just started talking, and yeah. he's like, no, like, this is what I do, and I'm like, you yeah, know, have this, this guy does this, and this lady handles that. And he had a team? Yeah. Okay, so he was te- he was walking you through his business. Yeah, not in, like, super detail, but just to get me to understand why he's sitting here drinking tea, mm-hmm. you know, when everybody else is at work. <laughs> mm, so this is your first inkling that, did he tell you it was entrepreneurship at the time? No. Because a lot of but people he told But he, he just told me that, like, he runs his own business yeah right so i don't think i even i don't think he said the word entrepreneurship mm-hmm. he told me i, I own my own business mm-hmm. right and like later i started i learned the word entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. like oh that's what my uncle does yeah. <laughs> so but that was my that was that was it for me that moment when i was 18 and my bumming in my uncle's backyard yeah, just yeah. enjoying my summer yeah was the moment that i was like that's what I want. I want, but at that point, I just wanted what he had, mm-hmm. right? I was like, I want what he has, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I wasn't, think, I wasn't aware of what it takes to get there, how long it takes to get there, mm-hmm. the failures that happened, the fear, the anxiety. Like I didn't. I was just like, I just want what he got. Yeah. Like, Cause that, this is this man don't have to do anywhere. <laughs> and he got this bomb house with this pool in the garden yeah, and like a private chef that literally cooks like this man that looks like the best food I've ever eaten in my life mm. this guy in his kitchen was like making this dope food I would literally I would I would I would tell the chef I'd be like hey tomorrow for breakfast could you make me this and I don't know how he always timed it somehow I would wake up come downstairs and whatever I had asked him for would be like just Ooh, on a plate and I'm like what is <laughs> you had some dream board time I was like but it was but it was like again it was just and I've had conversations with him um, mm-hmm. as I've gotten older and like understood more and like you know but in that moment it was just like yo this guy I want this and I've never seen it and it was like the exposure to it like I heard someone say you can only aspire you can only aspire to be um, you can only aspire to be something that you've seen before right something that you've been exposed to like if you've ever seen a software developer you're not gonna just wake up one day and be like I'm in software you don't even know what it is you've never seen one you've never been exposed to one yeah even even just the name I remember I wanted to be a CPA didn't know what or even CPA stands for as soon as I got to that accountant (laughs) test in college I'm sitting here like Oh, I gotta do what? I gotta read this? I, I literally saw a CPA and said, that's what I'm gonna be. I know math. I can do this. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. You got your first inkling of like what working for yourself would look like. Mm. And I'm curious. Um, it, we Which are is not realistic for everyone that works for themselves. But. No, but it's, <laughs> hey, that was your journey. And I think that's that's one of the things that connects your today to mm. um, back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, before I lose my thought, when we think about this time, this time period, going from Clarkson to Gwinnett, and then even being exposed um, to your uncle's lifestyle, those are all like definitely things and pieces of your story that kind of 
environments that shape you or who you are. But I would imagine when you went to Gwinnett, you had some time to explore yourself a little bit more. So did you ever come around the concept of like, what am I good at? Or did you start to find out things about yourself that you could use in a career? No, I... Short answer is... Not, no, not mm, really. You didn't do that. Mm. I was not, like, I was such a distracted kid who didn't have any awareness of the future. Mm-hmm. I did not think about my future. I just was, like, just kind of just up in the air, like, just playing Xbox with my friends, playing basketball, play, like, playing soccer. Like, I just wasn't really thinking about my future or, like, now some of my friends were, and I was doing the bare minimum to fit in. Yeah. But I wasn't like going above and beyond like they were, like my lawyer friend who actually now is a lawyer. This man told me in 10th grade he wanted to be a lawyer. He's an attorney in New York City now. Dope. Right, shout out to Malik Anderson. Yeah, that's lit. <laughs> okay, so we know um, through, from the beginning of this podcast that you set your sights on entrepreneurship um, in college. You said, hey, there's no way I'm yeah. going across this um, yeah. the stage because yeah. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. And we know, you know, newsflash, we decided to go into corporate America. So what was your <laughs> what what was your entry point into corporate? How did you get that in? Boy, man, if there's a man above, he's looking out. <laughs> cause it's something like yeah, cause my GPA, and I'll be super because it doesn't matter now, ain't nobody hiring or firing me. My GPA coming out of college was like a two point six three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Right, again, I didn't go to class. I, I came, showed up, did my exams, and let, and like, you know, the rest of the time I was trying to figure out how to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so nothing really worked out. I was like repairing some iPhone screens with my best friend, and we were doing that for a while, and um, and we kind of stopped. It's like, okay, well, we, we just, quick side note, one thing I've realized about myself is I am not, I've always used to think of myself as like a businessman or like this business person. And like I remember like feeling like, dang, y'all like, I'm, I don't think I'm a good businessman. Like I don't think I'm a good business person. And I'm, this is what I'm trying to be. Yeah. And I really had to sit with myself and think and I was like, I am not a business person. I'm at, at, at heart, I'm a product guy. So I don't really have a passion for the business side of things. Yeah. Like I have more so a passion for like strategy and product, right? Yeah. Like I could sit here and talk to you all day about like gadgets talks. and widgets and yeah, or even just like yo, how can we create this product or a system for the podcast, and what would be the strategy to get this kind of person to watch it, mm. and what kind of product could we create to give that person to like retain them longer and like keep them hooked like just thinking like talking through this kind of stuff like gets me going but then like doing like real business stuff like the day-to-day grind stuff yes the tactics and the business model bro okay got you and the business strategy because i think you you sounds like because i know you're a facebook ads guy you could be great if you had an endless budget but if you had to marry like the financial strategic pieces of it you're like hold up wait a minute now you're limiting my genius not even the financial pieces of it because that's fine it's more so like i i just don't care about like i have friends who are like business people they can literally go to sam's club get grabs get some almonds in bulk figure out how to sell it for a higher price and like 
that fulfills them. Yeah. I, if I'm bored, I can't. I can't stay engaged in the in in just the for the sake of, the of doing business. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it has to be something exciting, something new, something Ooh. right. Like, it has to be that. Like, mm-hmm. so if I'm not excited and I'm bored, I can't just do business. Like fixing iPhone screens, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to be a. I want to. I saw my uncle. I, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. What can I do? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna fix iPhone screens. I didn't yeah. care about fixing iPhone screens. Like, I don't care about this. But I thought like, but it was like, oh, this is a way for me to do business. Yeah. But I was like, no, I, like that's not who I am. I'm not someone who just needs to do business. Yeah. I need to work on products I'm excited about. Yeah. That's right? a good one. That's like, a good insight about yourself. Yeah, that was very like. <laughs> took some weight off my shoulders. How old were you when you when you came to that conclusion? Like, a few years ago. Yeah. Like two, yeah, like two, three years two ago. Two or three years ago? And and just so that the people understand, when did you quit your job? I quit my job uh, January of 2020, but I started working on quitting my job. I quit my job in January of 2021, sorry, in, in this year, yeah. 2021, January mm-hmm. 15th, I quit my job. I started working on that process of quitting my job in January of 2019. Oh, two years. Huh? Yes. Yes, because Jan. Yep, 2020. Yes, okay, two, two years. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but the idea that okay, I've been doing um, iPhone screens. It's kind of a side hustle, huh? Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is a product business. I need to be passionate about it. Like, when did you start to? You oh, said, that, yeah. That was until late. That was like, I think that was like, maybe like 2019, like the beginning mm. of 2019, just like feeling like. I've failed at every single business that like I've tried to do. Why is that? Mm. Like so, I keep failing at the side yeah. hustle. Because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't passionate about it. Yeah. So were you passionate about your job? What, were you, what was your day job? Oh, no. so yeah. So I had that bookmark, the whole like, how did I get into corporate? So I had a two point like six three GPA, right? But like, I didn't care because in my head, I was like, first of all, I want to be an entrepreneur. Second of all, this number is not a reflection of me to me. I know how, like, I know that this isn't a reflection of my intelligence because when I come in these classes, when I show up, I do better on the exam than the people who've been here every day. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I, it didn't make me feel some type of way about myself. I was like, that's, that's whatever they want to think about that number. God bless. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but then when I was graduated, there was like seat, like, like the last month of my like you know being in college I was like dang maybe this number doesn't matter because <laughs> now I gotta ask these people to, for jobs right. <laughs> so luckily just through like just making friends in college and networking with people who I thought were cool peoples um, one of my friends worked at um, a company called Ernst & Young EY and I was like yo um, bro I'm applying for jobs I was reaching out to a lot of people like that I knew in the corporate space. Like, hey, I'm graduating, I'm looking for a job. Um, here's my resume, slide it to whoever matters. Um, and he was one of the people that I reached out to. And he's like, David, you like, you don't belong here. And I was like, what do you mean, bro? He's like, I know you, you're going to hate it here. Oh. And I was like, bro, you're just saying that because you already got the job and you already worked there. Like, yeah. Put me on, bro. He's like, I'm going to do it, but I'm telling you, you're going to hate it here. It's not this. It doesn't like the environment here. This ain't you. This ain't where you're supposed to be. And I was like, bro, just just slide my resume, please. (laughs) Just let me get a job. Thank you. 
Whatever you talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just trying to get an apartment and move on. Like, like you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so, I interviewed at a couple of different places. Um, I Like, so, uh, before that, one of my friends who's, like, super, I think he actually is a CPA. Um, <laughs> I was telling him, I was like, bro, I really want to just be done with this school thing. You know, I'm really doing it for my mom. And to just kind of give this to her as a gift, like, I really want to be done, so I'm going to try to accelerate it and graduate early. He's like, that's a terrible idea. I was like, what do you mean? And he's really smart. And he's a school guy. He's like an academic guy. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, first of all, to graduate without an internship or two would be a waste of going to college. Like, you did all that for nothing. And I was like, what? He's like, just trust me. Get an internship. Okay. Get to it. He's like, stay extra. He's like, you're trying to graduate early? Don't even graduate on time if you ain't got the internship. <laughs> stay longer. Okay. Do the internship. Then graduate. And yeah. that was the best college advice I had ever gotten. Excellent. I did that. Got an internship. And the lady who interviewed me uh, for the internship, like, we developed a really great relationship. We didn't even end up working together. When the internship started, she had taken a job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I, we stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to her. She got me a job interview um, with this company. And it was like, actually, I, I turned it down. I didn't know that they, I didn't know that they called me because they knew her. I had just gotten a call from a recruiter and they were like, hey, are you interested in this position? And I was like, no, I'm not. And then they called her and was like, hey, she's like, like, like interesting. <laughs> so she was just like, yeah, like, are you kidding me? I was like, oh. I didn't know stuff. I thought I didn't know that. Said, no are you interested in this position? And you said, "Nah, I'm actually not." Yeah, interested. I'm, I'm, I'm applying to a lot of places, but I mean, I'm just not interested in this one. She's like, "No, you never do that." She was like, "Listen," and she's like a you know senior VP and stuff like. She was like, "Listen, never do that. Always, if you get called in for an interview, even if you're not going to take the job, just go." Two reasons. One interviewing is a skill yeah that gets developed through practice right so go for that one reason and mm-hmm. then the more important reason is she's like i've gone i go in for interviews all the time she's like i i went in for i've gone in for interviews for one position and then been hot, offered a position like two levels higher mm-hmm. that i wasn't expecting to get just based on the conversation right so i'm like oh, all right i'll call them back she's like yeah call them back <laughs> I called them back. I'm like, hey, we worked it out. They're like, okay, can you come in today? Okay. I was like, I can come in today. (laughs) I go in, have the interview, we chop it up, and the guy, and then, uh, so the guy who would have been my manager interviews me. We get done. That guy's manager comes in just to kind of do a closing thing and meet me and like just kind of like get an idea of who they might be hiring. Absolutely. And we have a conversation. He's like, talk to me about, like, where do you see yourself in five years? I was like, in five years, I see myself being a project manager in the technology space. Not really sure where. Blah, blah, blah. So we we just had a conversation. I leave. Uh, the recruiter hits me up, and he's like, hey. Uh, and th- mind you, the, the position I'm interviewing for is the one I didn't want. But I went because this lady who's like a mentor to me told me to <clears throat> do it. Call me back. They're like, yo, we actually want to offer you a project management position. Mind you, this is why I told this man I want to be five years from now. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly saw it. I'm not sure what he saw. He saw something. And he's like, this kid would be good for the role. This but is a tech company? 
This is, yeah. This okay. is what, yeah. So then, but it was like a small company and I was like, I definitely wasn't interested in what I was interviewing for. Mm-hmm. What was it, that business analyst or something? I don't even remember. It was, it was something too technical. I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, so, <laughs> um, so then, but I also had Anthony at EY who, you know, had connected yeah, me. Yeah, and he had already told you, like, this is not for you. He told me it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to listen to him because I mm-hmm. thought, well, it's EY. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I get called in for that interview too, mm-hmm. so I told them like, "Yo, hold on, let me talk to these guys." Wait um, a minute, but what was the internship that you had that that made your resume look so good? The internship I had was a business analyst internship. Okay. At a company called Travelport in Marietta. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that that joint, I was like, maybe jobs aren't so bad because they're. It was like an internship, and they were paying me like. $19 an hour. They make it fun. I they thought give it I, was, I was like, I'm, a, I'm rich. Right. $19. Right. And, the, and the job probably wasn't as boring as a normal business analyst. No, nah, and I had a dope manager who gave me like t- a ton of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Like he treated me like I was a, a pro. Like yeah. he's like, yeah, you're going to lead this real project that we're really working on. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and I was actually doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I was applying for jobs, I was able to, luckily my friend told me to do this because I had something to talk about other than the class, like, you know, coursework. Yeah. So I go to EY interview. I First interview goes, in my opinion, it went really well. I was like, yo, I got this. <clears throat> I got the job. Recruiter called me. He's like, yo, you didn't get the job. <laughs> but you didn't get the job, but... They just said that uh, you, they were like, you'd be a great fit for the company. They, they told me, hey, you need to have him here. He's just not a good fit for our team. He's a good fit for the company, just not That's for our lit. team. That's good feedback. Yeah. So they were like. What was the position that, at EY that you were applying for? It was, I don't remember, but it was, it was um, in their like robotics and automation um like sector so or mm-hmm. uh, department mm-hmm. so and so it was a technical role so mm-hmm. they were like he's just not technical enough but he'd right. be a great fit for just to be here at the yeah. company somewhere mm-hmm. just bring him in put him somewhere here yeah <laughs> so they brought me back re-interviewed for a, a different position in data and analytics mm-hmm. and that one i felt like oh my there's no way i got this job calls me back it's like they loved you <laughs> <laughs> That's they want off me for something i was like i literally was like are you sure? Because <laughs> that was really bad. Like, I, I bombed that interview. And I remember I was asking Anthony for uh, advice. I was like, bro, give me some interview tips. Blah, blah. He was like, bro, just be confident. That's the worst advice. I <laughs> like, tell me what they're going to ask me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what questions are they going to ask? Be confident. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with that? He's like, trust me, bro. Like, that's all that matters. And I really felt like, Yo, this man is literally giving me nothing to work with. All right, cool, whatever. He's just a bad advice giver. <laughs> went in there like... <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> no, I just... I'm usually like super comfortable. Like, you know, just... I don't... Yeah, I'm just really comfortable with people. And mm-hmm. um, I don't get nervous for stuff like interviews or presentations and stuff like that. Like, it's just... That's just me. Um, but I went in the interview and usually with interviews... I feel super confident because I make it personal on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I don't let I don't let it I don't let it 
like become a thing of just me being interviewed. I ask a ton of questions yeah. and like personal questions. Yeah. I'm like, yo, hey, this is where I'm at in my career. Like when you were at this stage in your career, like what do you think would have been helpful for you to know? Like what advice would you give your, you know, this version of yourself when you were where I am? That's good. Right? And then it forces them to get to, out of that that yeah, box yeah, and yeah, really yeah. connect with you. Correct. They, Ooh, they, that's they, lit. they yeah, it, it, <laughs> it like forces them to lose the script cuz mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, dang." And they start thinking back when they mm-hmm. were young and coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I make I force that interview to be personal. I ask questions. I'm like, hey, so like, what are you guys like really struggling with here? Like, like what, like what is y'all's biggest pain point? What's your biggest pain point on your team? Like, mm-hmm. what are y'all? And then, oh my God, man, like this freaking, da, da, da. and it, so it just turned into a conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's what you did. That's what I did. And you thought it was terrible. I did think it was terrible because there were some technical questions that I botched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they liked you. They liked <laughs> you. Like, oh, we can teach them that. Right, right. And that even the lady who hired me for the internship. I was asking like, yo, what software are we gonna use? What da da da? She was like, bro, don't even worry about that. We could teach you that. We can't teach personality. Mm-mm. We cannot teach that. Mm-hmm. So we'll worry about that stuff when you get here. Um, so you're right. Um, but and, and in hindsight now, like I think working in corporate was so helpful mm-hmm. for me becoming an entrepreneur because it like shaped it, it developed. It's like you know when people go to the military and they they develop a certain type of um discipline and strength and ability like how you were saying before the podcast like like the ability to like stretch your mind and your brain like beyond what you feel like that those limits are right ey definitely did that mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine. it definitely did that like it it was they expect like and i understood what anthony meant when i started working yeah they they what they valued because what ey sells EY, EY doesn't have like a like Apple sells phones, mm-hmm. Google sells software and phones as well and like hardware. Mm-hmm. Companies like EY, they sell smart people that can figure stuff out mm-hmm. to other companies. Mm-hmm. That's literally all they have to give. Mm-hmm. They sell people who can walk into a room, look at a complex problem that this company's dealing with, even if they've never seen it before. And they can walk in with confidence. And, and like, you know, when you're dealing with client work, you want to make that person feel like, okay, I'm, we're going to be fine. Like, yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah. They want people who can do that. Yeah. And you can't do that if you're not confident. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do. So then I was like, oh, that's why he kept telling me, like, oh, just be confident. That's all that matters. He didn't explain it to me. You know what I'm saying? He just said. He probably didn't know himself. <laughs> Oh yeah, maybe. at that age we we just we barely know the sauce. We just like I got it. Yeah, this is what happened yeah, to me, yeah. you know. Yeah, so it w- it was helpful and it was important to be yeah. confident, like mm-hmm. in the everyday work, right? Um, and they they pushed us to like the limit, mm-hmm. and it was that, and it just became the norm to work at like such a high output. Mm-hmm. Like no one complained about a sixteen hour day. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, it's just one of those days, cool. Or it's just yeah. one of those weeks, like, cool, whatever. Yeah. It was like the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was me getting into corporate. And then I and my, I remember one of my, uh, my mentors at EY told me my very first week on the job. He, was, he pulled me aside because he was like, got assigned to be my manager. He's like, just talking to everyone on his team. He's like, yo, I'm going to tell you something, man. Like, you're going to know in the first two months of being here. You're either going to love it 
or hate it. You're not going to be in the middle. Mm. No one here is in the middle. Mm. He's like, you see all these people walking around? Everybody here either hates being here <laughs> or loves being here. Mm. He's like, you see that guy over there? He's 50. This man has three kids and a wife at home, but he's still living this EY life where he, like, we work, you know, 60-hour weeks sometimes, 70-hour weeks sometimes. Like, he's here because he loves being here. He mm -hmm. loves this work, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's why he's here at his, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one's in the middle. You're not. He's like, it's, it won't, and it won't take you long to find out which group you're in. Yeah. It didn't take me two months. It took me, like, a, like a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I hate it here. Mm -hmm. Anthony was right. Mm -hmm. What was it? What, would, what feeling would you associate with him saying, like, you're not going to love it, and then you experiencing, I don't love it? What was the emotion and what was really what it was that didn't work for you? I think um, the emotion that I felt was, at first, it, it was slow. Right, so it like built up, and it got to a point where, like I said, in two thousand, because I, I started working at EY in two thousand and seventeen, in this yeah summer of two thousand seventeen, and I worked there until two thousand nineteen. So it was a slow build up of fr like frustration, like uh, feeling like um, what's the word? Like there just was a, a mismatch between where I wanted to go in life and what I was doing in life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, every day that I live, it's like I'm living in this existence where I'm just not getting closer to that thing. It's like I see this thing in front of me, but I'm running on a hamster wheel. Ooh. There's like, there's motion with no progress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I was like, and it took a while. It wasn't immediate. It was like slowly built up. And like by 2019, I was like, I cannot do this anymore I can't be here anymore and it wasn't necessarily like oh it's something wrong with the company mm -hmm. it was just it was something wrong with the fit it just yeah. wasn't a good fit yeah. for me yeah. right um, and I was like whenever I get to that point of being fed up I move very aggressively so I was like alright so this is the crazy part of the story <laughs> buckle up <laughs> this is the crazy part of the story 2019 I was like and I do, I, I do like these new year uh, not not necessarily like resolutions more like just goals I'm like oh what do I want to accomplish this year like mm -hmm. what do I want to do mm -hmm. um, what would I what would need to happen for me to look back on this year and feel like this was a successful year mm -hmm. and I write those things down mm -hmm. um, and so I did that and part of that was I would I want to switch uh, my method the method by which uh, I like acquire money so I was like I want to switch it from being in this data and analytics tech field mm -hmm. to making money from uh, running at from like marketing right when I was in college I did like a little bit of marketing but it was the most basic like it doesn't even count right but the cool thing about that job was when I was in college uh, shout out to Aaron. Aaron gave me my first marketing job. I was like, yo, Aaron. It was this girl in my class named Aaron. I was like, yo, Aaron. I'm like, she worked at, uh, at Shane's Rib Shack. But she did, she worked like, not like in the store. She did like, she just managed like more corporate -y stuff. And I was like, yo. And I, I had already started getting like a, 
like I said, I was trying everything. I tried Amazon. I tried fixing phones. I was just trying to try stuff. Yeah. And then my next thing was like marketing. I was I probably got targeted by some ad or something. Saw something <laughs> about marketing. So I was like, oh, Aaron, like I've been like learning about this marketing stuff, and I really just want to get my foot in the door. Like if you guys are ever looking for somebody to help out with marketing at Shane's, like let me know. I'd love to help. And then she hit me up like a couple weeks later. She's like, hey, I actually talked to my boss, and she's like, you know, we'd love to have you know hire you. And the pay was like minimum wage. Okay. But I was just like, I'll take it. I got a chance to, you know, <laughs> work out. on yeah, this thing, right? Yeah. And again, it was the most basic, insignificant marketing I, you could ever do. Um, this was back in school. This was in college. So okay, gotcha. So, so the schooling was bare minimum marketing education. And then you took this like kind of job. Not job, but this job. Yeah, and the education too was like some stuff I was like reading online on blogs and like okay. maybe taking a course or something like that. Yeah. And I just wanted to test it out. Like okay. test out my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing about this job was that uh, I, it was my first taste of being remote. Because mm-hmm. I would come in, I would like come into Shane's Rib Shack at the restaurant and be on my laptop working on stuff. And I was like, yo, Aaron, do I really have to be here? Because I drive like pretty far to come to this location because they were always like they spent most of the time at one location and that location was far away from my house. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. I don't have to be here to do this. She's like, okay, let me um, let me talk to Amy real quick. She talked to her. She's like, yeah, he doesn't have to be here as long as he does the work. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dope. And that summer, uh, so this was during the school uh, like semester, mm-hmm. but then like. Into, so then in the summer, this was spring semester, so in the summer, I didn't take any classes, but I have, like, so my sister lives in Belgium, my two older sister and my older brother, they live in, in, in Europe, okay. in Belgium, and I was like, yo, I want to go uh, spend the summer with my sister, I really had, I just really missed my sister, my older sister, I was like, man, I just want to see my sister so bad, and I talked to Amy, I was like, yo, would it be cool if I, like, since I'm already working from home, can I just work from Belgium? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I don't care. As long as the work is done. Yeah. So I went to Belgium and I spent the whole summer in Europe working, working on the same trip. Just, I just have to acknowledge the fact that simply you asking, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I mean, I, I can do this at home, mm, can I? Mm. And then, hey, like, I want to go yeah, to Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just off the strength of you asking, so many people don't ask. Yeah. So many people get stuck on, yeah, I mean, but they're going to say no or whatever. Yeah. And I ask a lot. I'm sorry. I ask a lot. That's cool. And I get, I get yeses a lot. And yeah. I've gotten yeses. When I was in college, I changed my major so many times. But what I would do is I'd be I'd reach out to people who were like I changed my major to finance and I'd reach out to someone in finance who worked at like a bank or something. Mm-hmm. Or I'd literally just go to Wells Fargo at my bank and just be like, yo, um, can I uh, can I buy you lunch and just uh, and I'd use the college kid card. Yeah. Like, yo, hey, I'm a college kid and I'm majoring in finance, but I'm not super sure about like what life actually looks like working in finance. Like, I'd love to like buy you lunch and just talk to you. Like during your lunch break about mm-hmm. what your work looks like, and mm-hmm. I talk and I, I did this all the time in college. Did anybody teach you that? No. <laughs> That's the crazy thing <laughs> because I wouldn't know that unless I was a part of this career development program when I was in college, right? Okay. Oh, you did that. You did this too. Yeah, like so. My I, I talk to I'm a career coach, so I talk to people about this all the time. Okay. But it was taught to me, right? You 
came from Congo, the Congo. She said, <laughs> "Yo, you came to it to Clarkston, and oh then you God. went to Gwinnett. <laughs> then you go to Gwinnett. Um, how do we say Georgia Gwinnett College? Yeah, yeah. And you're pulling moves." That like I, I'm, I think I paid like two hundred dollars to be a part of the program, and I'm in like PWI. I'm in a PW. I'm at a PWI, so I'm like, but I, and I didn't have the information, so I needed I needed to go through my journey. But you're pull, you're instinctively pulling moves that one I coach people on, I still mm, coach people on, mm, and I got coached on, mm. and you naturally took to that. Like, where could we trace that back to? Because it's like your uncle didn't even show you how to network he just showed no. you that it was possible yeah. um mom just kind of pulled you out of the, out of the clarkson mm. like i just don't know where you get that audacity audacity yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a really good question and i don't know if i could point it back to one thing um i think it is definitely a part of my nature to be inquisitive mm-hmm. i've always wanted to n- no, so I think I've always asked questions in general. Like mm-hmm. growing up, like people now who like I don't even have memories of this, but whenever I m- meet people who knew me as like a really small child, mm-hmm. the consistent theme that comes up is like, "Yo, you used to ask me all these questions." <laughs> and I was like, I, "It's like I mean, yeah." So I think that is like a part of my nature is to ask questions. Yeah. So I've always just done that. Yeah. Um. So I think I saw this as just another form of that. Asking questions. It didn't even feel like audacity. It wasn't no, even no. like I'm I'm about to break I'm about to do something that's nobody that nobody else does. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you literally was I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm just yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. You gotta teach people to be curious sometimes. Like, mm. you know, literally what do I say? Well, what are you curious about? You know what I mean? And it's it's a whole you know, start from A to B for you to get curious and then say, oh, now I know what to ask someone. Yeah. Because a lot of times we choose careers. Somebody, like, so let's say you, you find out about CPAs and now all of a sudden you want to be a CPA, but you, you're not curious about it at all, which means probably you don't want to be that. So you have to kind of coach somebody to get curious about it. And you can only coach someone to get curious about being a CPA to the point where they get curious enough to ask the questions to say, oh, that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't teach them hey this the cpa is what your life should look like until you get curious and ask the question so it's a very beautiful thing that that's a that's a thing for you yeah i'm very grateful to have that naturally because i do know people who like will tell me um you know i'm just not good at asking questions Mm -hmm. right like and it made me realize like oh so this isn't it. It isn't just something that someone can decide to that everyone can just decide to do. Like mm-hmm. be curious and ask questions. Like mm-hmm. some people literally feel like they. I don't know how. Like I don't even know where to start. I don't know what. Like how do you even know what question to ask? Yeah. Right. Um, so I I kind I do sympathize with that, and I feel like that's where maybe. I guess it depends on what what it is and how important it is to you. But I think that's where maybe something like a coach might come in. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because. They know what questions. So, <laughs> to be asked. And, but specifically, it's not. I know what questions to ask you to get cur- to get just clear enough to hear maybe what you might be curious about. But even still, I can only coach you to the to the depths of you getting curious about mm-hmm. that thing mm-hmm. because I can't go into the networking conversation and ask the questions for you. Mm-hmm. So 
I, and I can't feed you the questions in the like a thirty minute conversation. You never know what can you're supposed to be asking. So I just um, think that getting a person to be naturally, not even if they're not naturally curious, getting a person to get curious yeah. is probably the best like win. Okay. So I am thinking about your. Um, and the funny thing is, you said you didn't have a skill. Like you didn't necessarily know what a skill. Like you didn't know what your skill was, but you've had this curiosity since you were younger. You call that a skill? Absolutely, I would call it a skill. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely. Call, so because I'm a coach and I'm naturally good at asking, we're here on this podcast because I love getting curious and picking your brain yeah, yeah, yeah. and asking you so these all these questions. But when the lights are off and things like that, I will go back and read a book about asking questions. Like, what mm. questions do I want to ask? Do I want to explore your emotional side? Or do mm. I want to explore your technical side? Like, there, there's, do you have a blockage? What kind of questions yeah. do I need to ask you there? So, yeah, I am naturally curious. Okay. But I can take two hours to get to a goal. But if I get really clear on what questions I need to ask, we can trim this down to 30 minutes. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, and how are we, on, are we good on time? Because I don't want You know... <laughs> This is a it really good interview, and we're not. So, hey, there's, there's. A, I have a couple more questions that I think we need to, to tie up this whole thing. So, um, it's so one. It's not necessarily audacity that um, makes you ask the question, but you do lead with a bit of, um, um, dare I say, like not risk taking, but you just kind of lead with a natural thing. And if we fast forward a little bit, we talked about. Um, you quitting the job, right? Yeah. And I typically call it an exit strategy. You say you had you wanted to have a landing. You say you want to have like a landing. Oh, a runway. A runway, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I want so tying a little bit of this up. Yeah, yeah. Hearing your story, a lot of times when I meet people who um, are um, you know descendants of immigrants or immigrants themselves, mm -hmm. they have this whole security thing like it's just like I chose engineering because I knew this was what, what I was I supposed to do yeah. and um, this was a safe thing and so it's like values it's also exposure all this right yeah. and even though you jumped out and you went into entrepreneurship I hear a little bit of your like stability and you creating this landing pit this uh, uh, runway, runway. <laughs> 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 I can't want to say landing page like which is nothing yeah, to do with yeah. uh, planes so, if you would tell us a little bit about your thought process behind yeah. exiting corporate, that would be cool. Okay, thought process behind exiting corporate. I didn't get to tell you the crazy story. <laughs> it's okay. I want to hear the crazy story. It's really about your time. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I just okay, don't let's know. do it. Because you know how some people, like, their podcasts are always, like, you know, 45 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And then some people, like, Joe Rogan does the three-hour joke. Yeah. So, I'm like, yo, if, her, if she does, like, the... 30 minutes and then somebody sees this three hours <laughs> podcast like are they gonna am I gonna mess up her stats not at all if you've made it this far in the podcast we are in for a really cool journey cause we're about to get into the this is the, the crazy <laughs> I don't I only call it a crazy story cause my friends call it a crazy story okay. for me it was not crazy it was very normal mm -hmm. um We'll come back to it because I won't I'll bookmark right but okay. so I wanna answer your question so the way I thought about um the runway thing was so in um when, when did the pandemic start like march of 2020 last yes. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so around that time like i had already been thinking like um this whole thing i forgot what marcus called it uh what do you call it would you tell me marcus has the phrase for the thing that's associated to you what the, the future stuff no 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 like when you think of this you think of aria do you remember 
Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, I it's like, when you think of this, he was like, I want people to, when they think of, it, it was like, inter, not intellectual property. Oh, like, oh, 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 yes, real estate. Mental, mental real estate. estate. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So, okay, so I have this concept of option units, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that, like, I don't really like giving advice. Like, I'm going to just say how I, how I go about it. So, I don't really think of my life in terms of, like, you'll meet people like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. Or I want to make whatever, whatever, right? And that's fine. Like, if that's what gets you to get that, do do it that way. For me, that doesn't really motivate me. I think, I don't think of my, I think in terms of option units. So I think, what are the options that I want to have in life? So I fill in the blank. I want to have the option to, for me, it's be, it, for me, it's work from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. For me, it's be able to produce income so I want to have the option to be able to produce income wherever I'm at in the world, right? So, like for example, like David Chance, right? Like I love this guy, like absolutely love him. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, but like, and like I look at what he does, and I'm like, yo, this dude is killing it, right? And like working with him, I get to re- I get to see the numbers that he's doing on the back, and I'm like, yo, this is so inspirational it's so motivating um and it's it's like it reinforces my beliefs of like yeah i can do this like and but for example i can never look at shans and with like not even a negative envy but like dang i want to be like shan i want to do that because it goes against my option my options because mm. like unless i did a zoom podcast or something but like i'd have to be in atlanta and that would immediately not work with what with your the options, options that yes. I want to have in life right mm-hmm. so I'd rather make less money but be wherever I want and make money from wherever I am mm-hmm. right like because mm-hmm. that isn't that is an option that I want to have yes it's not it's not you know what I'm saying like yeah. it's not necessarily the, a dollar amount thing. yeah another thing is like oh, I want to have the option to let's say take care of my parents so I'll write that down I want to have the option to take care of my parents. I want to have to, I write down all the options that I want. Yeah. Then I write down, okay, what, what is it, what do I, what needs to happen for this option to come to reality? Right? And then I start trying to like reverse engineer. That's lit. Right? And then I'm like, okay, to be able to work anywhere in the world, I need to do, okay, these, maybe these kinds of roles, right? I need to fill these sorts of roles. Um, marketing was like that was one of the reasons I actually went into marketing because I was like I could easily do this remotely because I know people who do it remotely blah blah software development was an option but I was like it's going to take too long I'm already out of college my parents mm-hmm. like oh, I want to take care of my parents okay well how much what what are your parents living expenses mm-hmm. right like how much does it cost your parents yeah. to live <laughs> right yeah. so okay well alright so I'll text my mom literally I'll text my mom and like, how like, much do I need to make much? yeah and I didn't I didn't tell her what it was about okay I was like hey hey, mom how much do you make a year so she mm-hmm. can travel a little bit or something like that mm-hmm. cool that's the dollar amount mm-hmm. so like I just and then I just try to work on making these options come to reality okay right so one of those options was being remote so I, when I left EY, I went to work for a company called Moxie, um, which is owned by a parent company called a huge, it's like probably one of the biggest marketing companies in the world called mm. Publicis. Mm-hmm. And um, but Moxie is super cool. They have an office here in Atlanta. Well, everybody's remote now, but 
because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so went to work there and I talked to my director and I was like, hey, I've always wanted to go. I didn't word it like this. Actually, I talked to my supervisor. I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to work remotely. It's a thing I've always wanted to do. I want to do this in college. I even asked my professor. I was like, hey, is it unrealistic to, for me to want to work remotely straight out of college? She's like, no, it's not. But she was like a, a software developer. So I think she was answering based off of her field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, this is something I've always wanted, to work remotely. So I, when I was at Moxie, I tried to, I was like, if I can just get these skills, if I can get this set of skills, I'll be able to leave Moxie and become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that way at EY. Mm-hmm. I was like... The skills that I'm gaining here, it's stuff that like big banks pay for. Okay. And I can't, like they're not going to hire David. They're going to hire EY to do the work and David works for EY. Mm-hmm. But the skills that I can gain at a place like Moxie, I could work for a day. I could, you know, connect with the David Shands and do yes. this for him. I could, I could do this for small businesses yeah. and work for myself. Yeah. Right? Um, so the to answer your question, this exit strategy... A part of it was like being remote, like because that was one of my options. I was like, I, I want to be an entrepreneur that works from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So I need to like just I need to go out there, just get out there, even while I'm in corporate. Let me see if I could work out a remote situation and just be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part that we talked about earlier today was the finance part. Right. I was like, okay, well, how? how much money do I need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do I know I have enough money saved up to quit my job? Like, how do I know when that has happened? For me, it was, I had to answer the question. First of all, I had to answer the question, how many clients do I need to, to like live, to like, to make a living, like to make a full-time living, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I get like three clients, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. So how long would it take me to get three clients if I was this, if this is what I was doing full time, and I was like, man, I, I could probably do it in like four, like four months or something. Like four months? There's no way I can't have three. Honestly, I think I thought it was less than that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, just to be safe, I'll give myself five months. In five months, I have almost a hundred percent certainty I could get three clients. Three clients. Like, there's no yeah. way I'm like five months from now I'm still full time trying to get clients and I'm still not like yeah. I work in marketing like my whole thing is getting people right, <laughs> you know right, what I'm right. so there's no way I'm, I'm gonna do this yeah so <laughs> did I, you have a plan on how you were gonna do it? I did but I didn't execute that plan mm-hmm. things did not go according to plan mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, so the I'll, way I mean the way the way your one client worked out really does tie back to like your organic strategy so like what was your plan that even if you didn't execute what was your plan to get clients my plan to get clients was um so i I have friends who and we'll again we got to get back to the crazy story this this is a huge part of my story Mm -hmm. Uh, but my strategy to get clients was okay i'm just gonna do um outreach so I was like, I'm going to do outreach for mm-hmm. a specific niche, yeah. right? So it's whether that's uh, real estate brokers, coaches and consultants, mm-hmm. uh, um, credit repair people, dentists, uh, surgeons, laser, whatever. I need to pick a niche. Mm-hmm. This was my strategy. Pick a niche. Mm-hmm. Reach out to like X number. So let's say reach out to 100 people yeah. in that, only in that one niche yeah. every single day. Mm-hmm. 
there's going to be some sort of like, okay, so let's say I reach out to a hundred, uh, a hundred LASIK eye surgeons on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I go on LinkedIn. I look up LASIK eye surgeons. I reach out to a hundred of them every okay. day. Yeah. Every day there should be about, I don't know what the numbers are going to be, but let's just make something up. Let's say 30 of them might even just respond to my message mm -hmm. out of that hundred. Mm -hmm. Out of that 30, 20 might book a call with me. Out of that 20 that book a call, 10 might even show up to the call that they booked. <laughs> Out of the 10 that show up to the call that they booked, five mm -hmm. might actually close. Yeah. But now I don't know what those numbers are yet. Mm -hmm. All I know is I need to reach out to 100 clients every day so I can figure out what that looks like. Right. Right. At each step. Yep. But once I figure out what that looks like, mm -hmm. if I know it takes me 100. It takes me reaching out to 100 people mm -hmm. to close five clients. If I want 10 clients, I need to reach out to 200 people yeah. on average, right? Yeah. So that was like my strategy. I was like, and then once I get, once I close them, and then I know how to do the work, I'll just do the marketing work that I already know how to do. Yeah. Right? That was a strategy. I was like, I'm going to pick a niche and then run this play that I just explained to you. Um, that didn't have, it didn't work out quite that way. Um, yeah, so I, I, I ended up quitting. I had my five months saved up. Actually, I had more than that saved up. I lost a bunch of money. Doing what? Doing, I lost like $5,000 in crypto. Oh, you were investing? I, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was investing, but not the way everybody else is investing now but wait why did the organic uh, client attraction not work for you like you just said it just... I, I had i didn't get the chance to, to start oh because you got your clients before you ever had to pull the trigger on the strategy yeah. it would have definitely worked but i got you yeah. that's it, why you yeah. laugh because it's like when yeah i got yeah. you you had a whole i had it all but you know what, 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 i'm not sure if you're a religious person or a spiritual person but when we do the work literally god blesses us it's like you mm. you did all the work the thought work the thought mm. work you were going to do it mm. right and he's like, okay you're serious let me go ahead and bless you with three clients real quick you're like it, oh thank yeah, you it just happened that way <laughs> like it was really random um and i'll tell you how i got david chance too as a client um but so that was my plan it didn't work out that way um i also, another thing that happened that, that really threw me for a loop was I put in my resignation letter in December, mm -hmm. in the begin December 2nd, mm -hmm. put in my resignation letter. And then d at the end of December, like the week of Christmas or like the week before, I lost 5K because of a mistake I made in crypto. Mm -hmm. And that 5K was a huge chunk of my runway. Mm -hmm. And I was like that that's when that like anxiety was like what do i do because my plan is messed up mm -hmm. do i what do i do like this 5k is a huge like chunk a month or two no like a month like a half. in mexico oh yes that's what you didn't even tell you didn't even tell us that okay so you had the runway but then you're like okay well i'm gonna make this 5k plus whatever yeah. still is left I'll make it work in Mexico. Yeah. So, cause you, yeah, you didn't even share that part. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. So, 5K was like, yeah, it was a big deal. Strategy. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And I was like, dang, so I could either go back, go crawling back. No, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. And be like, 
Let me just. I need to come on. Say that back. <laughs> uh, oh sure, we'll give you a couple more. <laughs> oh, oh, that that joint hurt. Oh, you did go back. Nah. Okay. Nah. You were just like okay. No, I didn't go back. I was like, I was like, man, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna am I gonna go back, or am I just gonna have to be more aggressive? Right? Instead of reaching out to 100, I'm going to have to reach out to 400 every day. 500 every day. I'm just going to have to increase the output to like shorten the time in which the end result happens. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because if I'm if if we're both trying to do the same thing and I'm reaching out to 100 LASIK eye surgeons a day and you're reaching out to 1,000, guess who's going to get there quicker? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's just math. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I just, I could increase the output and believe, just believe that it's going to work or go back yeah. and I was like I can't I cannot go back I'm like I'm done I'm like mentally check out like yeah. I can't I don't even have the brain cells to do that work anymore yeah so I was like all right I'm just I'm gonna pull the trigger I'm gonna pull the trigger and um I did it I left and I was just like it's gonna happen that same uh that's what was it so this was the the like Christmas break I, I came home to see my family and I was in Dallas, where Courtney lives. Mm, <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, I was in Dallas because my cousin lived. Well, I have cousins in Dallas. Mm. I went to go visit them. One of my cousins, uh, she worked for Courtney, mm. and um, so she is, worked. Is for Courtney still at Shane's? Nah, Courtney has a tax. Courtney from the boot camp. Oh, yeah, yeah that Courtney. Yeah, she's okay. my other client. Yeah. Oh, okay, guys. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so I, so my cousin worked for Courtney, mm -hmm. and so me and my, uh, so my girl cousin worked for Courtney, but her her older brother, um, her, we went to go pick her up from work from Courtney's office. Um, so we were like, yo, we're downstairs. Come out, we gotta go. She's like, no, 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 David, come upstairs. I, there's somebody I want you to meet. So I go upstairs, and. I'm like, hey, what are she's like, yo, this is my cousin David I was telling y'all about. Da, da, da. And she's like real, like, this super high energy person. Yeah, like, hey, David, tell him what you do, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I run ads or whatever. And, da, da, da. and I'm, I'm like, cool. Because um, at that time, my cousin was like, oh, you, I got to connect. She had been telling me about Courtney. She was like, I got to connect y'all. Like, I, I think this would be a great connection to have and in my head I'm like I don't know like I'm I had told her in the past like because I knew the plan I was like if she's not in this niche you know what I'm saying like it just it won't make sense because I'm trying to you know but this was after I lost this mm, chunk of my runway so I'm desperate. a little bit more open minded okay open minded <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, open minded <laughs> fancy yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm so I'm like Cool, so I'm in the room, it's Courtney there, and um, a friend of hers named Reggie, and I'm talking to them, I'm like, oh, what do you guys do? And they're telling me, I'm like, okay, so what do you guys do, like, for your marketing? And they're explaining it to me, and I can tell by their answer that they know nothing about ads. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's important. What you guys are doing is important. Mm -hmm. but there's this whole other world that y'all don't know about, and mm -hmm. I was like, Okay, here's a five-minute crash course on what y'all need to know. And I did something similar to what I did at the boot camp today, mm. just but in person. Yeah, yeah. And I, 
I remember Courtney sitting there looking at me like, <laughs> she's just looking at me like wide-eyed and like mind-blown. And she's like, yo, do you realize like, like people will pay like $10,000 for the information you just gave me in five minutes. I didn't know any of that. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, will you pay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am taking class. <laughs> No, like, let's connect. I really want to work with you. I just want to, can we hop on the phone so we could talk about how I can become your client? And the, the Reggie, too, was like, yo, let's let's link up tomorrow, blah, blah, What? Two clients so, in one? So Right. So I'm like, cool. Link up with Reggie. And we hung out. We had, uh, we spent the morning together and I kind of went more in depth. He had a whiteboard in his office. So I'm like drawing stuff out. I'm like, here's how funnels work. Da, da, da. And then at the end, when I'm leaving, um, he uh, he has a school. He has like a JUCO uh, that he runs in Dallas um, called RPA College. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to him and he's like, I'm like, yo. And at this point, I'm a huge fan of the Social Proof co- Podcast. Love it, right? And I'm like, yo, what you're doing here, like the project you're working on, I can't remember this guy's name, but... I couldn't even remember the name of like the podcast. I, I didn't even remember David Shan's name, and I listened to it all the time. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm like that. Like I can listen to a whole album and not even know the artist's Artist, name. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't know why my brain works like. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, oh, you talking about uh the so? And I was trying to, I was like, uh, what's his name? He's like, oh, you talking about David Shan from Social Podcast? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I know him. And I was like. Word, he's like, yeah. He literally pulled out his phone. He's like, look, I literally just texted him the other day. I was like, yo, it is such a small world. And at this point, I actually was being somewhat consistent with the podcast that I had started. And like, bro, <laughs> I was like, yo, I have this list, and I have like ten people on this list, mm-hmm. and it's my dream guests, mm. and he's on that list. Ooh. So, like, just the fact that I now know someone who knows him. Like it's real now. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he's about to be on my podcast. Yeah, you thinking so, you thinking podcast? <laughs> yeah, thinking, yeah. This is gonna be on my podcast. Yeah. And so so whatever that conversation kind of just ended there. Okay. And fast forward a couple months. Um, actually, Courtney became my client like very like shortly after that conversation. Okay. Then after that, fast forward a couple months. Um, I'm like, okay, I think I need to pick up another like client or two and I wasn't trying to like scale super because I had no interest in scaling a marketing agency thank you so much for watching the work and play podcast this episode is sponsored by the boss up conference which is a community for entrepreneurs CEOs celebrities and corporate executives to come together network and solve some problems thank you all so much for being supporters of the work and play podcast and thank you for watching the work and play podcast and all the episodes before now let's get back to the episode. It wasn't niche. Because mm. I was like, I, that, I can't scale that. Like all my friends that have marketing agencies, they literally like, they work with one type of client and they mm. have that client figured out. Okay. So whenever they bring in a new client, they can make big promises mm. mm-hmm. and they could, get, they could deliver on it because they've done it mm-hmm. over and over and over with the same person. So they're able to scale and, and automate and outsource like super easily. Yeah. Because once they figure out what type of thing works on the marketing end as soon as they figure it out they hire they hire out for it as soon as they figure out how to do the outreach and get new people in the door yeah as soon as they figure out the formula they hire out for it and then over time like there's just a team doing every portion that they've 
figured out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, like, I want to do that. That was your model. Yeah, that yeah. was my model. I was like, I don't want to work with like one person who does this, one person who does that, because I'll just have to keep starting over. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to do it. So um, I, I was like, but I now I'm at the point where I've quit my job. I'm in Mex. I'm back in Mexico. I was only here to see my family for Christmas. I go back to Mexico. The first six months, the so from July 2020 to December 2020, mm-hmm. I spent that time in Mexico. Okay. I and I was working for my job at Moxie. Yeah. For Christmas, I come home to see my cousin in Dallas and see my mom in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I and I had quit my job in December 2020. Mm-hmm. January 2021. Yep. I go right back to Mexico. Yeah. Because I'm like, I need to stretch out the money I have as long long as possible. And the cost of living is about a third Mm -hmm. where I'm living. Okay. So I go back to Mexico after a few months of being in Mexico, like two or three months. I'm like, I need, I need a cup. I need like one or two more clients. So I start doing outreach. I'm like, who would I like to work with? Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay. I wrote, made a list of everyone that I would actually like to work with. Yeah. Once I made that list, I was like, okay, let me do an analysis of their business and see where I can add value. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that for each person. I was like, okay, some of them, I was like, I can't add value. They pretty much got it figured out. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Chance, however, he's one of the people on the list. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this guy doesn't even have a Facebook pixel on his site. And he gets, he has like 200,000 followers and all, like... There's, this is ridiculous. Like the amount of money he's losing out on by not having this is insane. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So I, you know what Loom is? Yeah. Okay. So I used Loom, recorded a three minute video explaining that. I was like, hey, here's what a Facebook pixel is. Yeah. Here's what it does. Here's why it's important to businesses. Here's how I know your website does not have it. I can install it for you for free, no strings attached. Let me know if it's something you're, you'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. Left it at that. Mm-hmm. DM'd him the the video yeah. of that screen recording. But I was like, he's not gonna see it because he has so many people in his DMs. So I was like, Reggie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got you. So I texted Reggie and I was like, yo, um, I don't know, like I know you said you and Shane were cool. I don't know how cool, but if y'all are cool to the point where you could text him and send him this video I recorded for him, could you forward it to him? If not, I completely understand. I'll find some other way to reach him. Mm-hmm. My plan B was, I'm going to join the morning meetup. Hey. I'm going to become a super engaged member. Yeah. So he notices me. Yeah. As soon as he notices me, boom, I'm going to do the same thing. So yeah. plan B was just going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. But I was like, "There's, it's going to work. Yeah. It's foolproof. Yeah. So, luckily, plan A worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plan A worked. And, I uh, mean, you probably would have fell in love with the morning meetup, but it just, you'd be prone to more distractions. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful it worked yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so, that's how I connected with him. He, he Reggie told him, like, hey, check your deals. Blah, blah. There's this guy, he's running out, like, millions of dollars for Marriott, and like, he hyped me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like, Chance was like, yo, what's up? Let's link. And we connected and I explained it to him on the call. I was like, okay, so here's what you need, blah, blah. I'll set it all up for free. Mm-hmm. No strings attached. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the podcast. I'll just do it for you. Yeah. And for me, it was like, 
I've but I've again this is something I've done a lot too before like even when I worked at corporate like this concept of give free value away yeah before you ask for anything like I, that's something I've known to do even if you never have to ask for anything uh sometimes like for me yes that's just in my nature but sometimes I'm like yo I'm gonna just do this for Ariel because because of who she is mm -hmm. and because of who she is I can see us somehow crossing paths again in the future so we might not right but we might yeah and she might be like dang I remember David did that thing for me mm -hmm. and like now he's in a position where he needs this thing that I specialize in. Let yeah. me look out for him or let me connect him to this Absolutely. person. Whereas you might not have been inclined to do that had I not. You know, yeah. and it might never happen, but mm -hmm. I just plant those seeds. Yeah. And like I'm like, baby, they'll grow or whatever, right? That's if they good. do, they're dope, right? Yeah. So um yeah, so that worked out. Ended up getting he's like, oh dang, okay, so but like what else do you do? Can you run ads? Can you do this? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I sure can, but that's not free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how I got Shans. Yeah. So now we are in the present moment. We've like did the you know. We've, yeah. Now we're, now we're here. We're here. So crazy story time. Okay. I got another question. Oh, go for it. Okay, yeah. I got another question, yeah. but then we can go to the crazy story. Yeah. How did you know the value of your skill set as an entrepreneur while you were still an employee? How did I know the value of my skill set? This kind of ties in to the crazy story. Okay. Okay. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. So 2019, I'm at EY, and I'm. I've never, I've never ever experienced depression. I don't even experience anxiety all that much. But I was experiencing misery. I was miserable. Like. I was just, every day I woke up and I was just like, man, this sucks. Like, mm -hmm. I really don't like this reality that I'm living in. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is, I remember watching this, uh, this interview with uh, this dude I love. He, he has a YouTube channel called um, Impact Theory. Mm. Um, his name's Tom Billy. Okay. And he does interviews too. He does stuff like this, right? Nice. He interviews really dope people. I'm looking up. Yeah, you got to. Uh, I'll send you his stuff. So he did this interview with this dude named Jay Shetty, who I also love. Okay. And Jay Shetty is this dude, this guy who like grew up, Indian guy who grew up, I think, in London and was like kind of on track to go work for like Google, Apple, all these companies, mm -hmm. but then scratched it and decided to go become a monk for three years. Did that for three years, then came back into corporate. Like a crazy, like really cool dude. Jay Shetty, is he um, like a, who, a super motivational? Yes. Him. Oh, I know. Yes, and yes. I actually follow him. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. How much so him and Tom were doing, we're having a conversation mm. and they were just talking about this kind of stuff. And Jay, Jay said some, boy, he was like, it's him and my best friend. They both said something to me that really, really like was like lit a fire under me. Mm -hmm. Jay, so Jay Shetty, this was after what my best friend said. So Jay Shetty said, um, Look at the person, wherever you are, whatever company you're in, wherever you're working, look at the person who is where you would be eight years from now in that company and ask yourself, do I aspire to have that person's life? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, you need to like 
Because <laughs> that's where you're going, right? Yeah. So, like, think about what, like, reevaluate what's yeah, happening. Right if the answer is no. Yeah. Because you're going, you're on a fast track to that guy. Yeah. And I was looking at, like, my senior manager. I have no interest in becoming <laughs> him. Like, I, I just don't, I, like, that's not where I would. I was like, damn, I never thought about that. And he was like, he also said something along the lines of, if you're feeling this, like, internal friction, like, you're not really happy with where you are in life. He's like, this is what I always do. I always ask myself, I think he said like it's three E's. My environment, my uh, my environment, my element, and my energy. He's like, one of those three things is off. If I feel off, it's always one of those three things. Mm. So I just need to identify which one and fix it. Mm. And so for me, when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, it's 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 my environment. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't feel like I fit here. And the, my element, like I'm not in my right, like how I was told you, I'm a product guy, like strategy yeah. and like designing product and like that type of stuff. And I was like, I'm not really getting that from here, you know? And so that, and, but before that, I remember being, having that frustration working at my corporate job, talking to my best friend, who he's top three smartest guys I know. And he was like, I was like, man, I'm just so frustrated now. And and what's even more frustrating is I can't really figure out why, why I'm so unhappy with like my life right now. And I just feel like I, sh- <laughs> I just feel like I want more and I, and I, and I, I feel like I'm good enough to mm-hmm. get what I want, mm-hmm. but I don't understand what is in between me and what I want. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm blind and it's really frustrating to not be able to see that so I can do something about it. And he's like, well, (laughs) your problem is that you don't possess a high value skill that you can sell in the marketplace. And he was like, you're a great dude, bro. Like, you're funny. You have a great personality. You're fun to be around. But none of that matters in, like, economics. (laughs) He's like, here, you it's literally because he's like, and I can, I can... I could see you even like seeing someone who has that thing that you want on the other side and you might be thinking like, dang, like, I feel like I'm even more capable than that person, but he has it and somehow I don't. Yeah. And he's like, it's, and that guy might be a jerk and he's mean to people mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever. He's like, but he possesses a high value skill that he sells in the marketplace for a high, like, ticket. Yeah. And he, he gets paid for that skill. That's it. They don't care if he's a jerk or whatever. He, that it's about the skill. Yeah. And then that's what got me thinking like, well, okay, then what can I get? What high, like what's a ticket, a high value skill that I can get, that I can sell in the marketplace as David. I can go into the marketplace and offer this to people. Mm-hmm. And that's how this whole marketing th- thing yeah. came about. So I started taking courses. Mm-hmm. Took a course by this guy named Jabril, Jabril okay. Agoro. He has a, YouTube, a dope YouTube channel. You wouldn't even know he does marketing because that, that's like that, that's not his like public thing. Mm. Um, he's like a travel blogger, but he runs a whole like super mm. successful marketing agency. That's dope. Took a course by him. At the end of the course, he interviews one of his most successful students, a dude named Leo. Interviews Leo, and I had already planned. My plan was I'm gonna take Jabril's course. I'm gonna go through it. At the end of the course, I'm gonna connect with Jabril. I'm going to offer him to work for him for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leverage the fact that I work at EY. Okay. I'm like, yo, you're getting a high caliber. Like, I'm not just work for you for free and I'm just BSing. Like, 
you're getting somebody who does 16 hour days at a high level and puts yeah. out like quality work yeah he interviews this student of his he's like yo this is my student blah blah i've mentored him and i just wanted to like you know share a success story he's like he's been doing it for two years and he's been in the marketing space for two years and he's doing really well for himself blah blah so i'm like forget jabril jabril's so far ahead of me i need to talk to this guy <laughs> Because he's like, he's been doing it for two years and he's where I want to be in the next year. Yeah. Like, Jabril's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just way out. He's like Jay-Z level. Yeah. So I reach out to that student, Leo. Mm -hmm. Message him on Facebook. Leo, uh, my name's David. I am one of Jabril's students. I saw him, his interview with you. Um, how much this, yo. I said, how much, I do this all the time now. I didn't even ask do you. I say, how much do you charge for a one-hour consulting call? Just in case they don't even do it, I'm giving them the chance to just mm -hmm. offer it now, yeah, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like you, And I'm saying, like, how much do you charge? Mm -hmm. You put your price on it. Yo, this That's man lit. said $250. Mm -hmm. I was like, run it. Send me the link right now. Paid him the $250 for the mm -hmm. hour. Mm -hmm. At the end of that hour, Ariel, I felt guilty <laughs> I, I no lie I felt guilty I felt like I was like should I tip him because <laughs> I, I I was mind blown like the 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 I'll say the value of the information I got in the hour I spent with him was worth more than the value of the information I got in my four years of my bachelor's degree Hands down, no, like, like, not even close. And I was like, yo, this is wild. Mm. I was like, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. How can I, what can I do now? So I was like, yo, Leo, um, so here's where I'm at. I need to, my, I, at the beginning of 2019, I wrote down that I want to switch my, my, like how I acquire my income mm -hmm. from data and analytics to marketing. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to do that, I really need to get my hands dirty. I've taken your mentor's course. Mm -hmm. Would you allow me to work for you for free? So the value exchange is you get free work from a high caliber person. Yeah. And I get to get my hands dirty and add this to my resume and say, like, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Right. He's like, yeah, I was actually just about to like outsource my work to someone in the Philippines, but if I can get you to do it, yeah, from you and you learn from my mentor, like yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, I trust him. And if you learn from him, you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He said, yes. I was like, cool. On his Facebook profile, he says he travels. He, him and his girl, they travel full time. Like they literally just travel the world all year long. They just bounce around the globe. And he posted on Facebook. At this point, 2019, I'm in Atlanta still. I'm still here working at EY. Mm -hmm. He posts on Facebook. Uh, he says, I'm in Mexico for two months. Whoever's here, hit me up so we can link. I'm like, he's in Mexico. This guy's probably never going to get any closer to Atlanta than Mexico. I was like, boom. He already, allowed the, he already agreed to let me work for him for free. I was like, yo, uh, how about I just come to Mexico? And just shadow you for like a week or so. Wow. And he's like, yeah, come on. Sure. This is before Corona too. Yeah, it's pre-COVID. That's lit. <laughs> That's lit. This 
all is aligning perfectly. Pre-COVID. Totally. And you hadn't had the idea to move to Mexico before. No. This is a lot. Yeah. It's so crazy. So like, boom. All right. And that was, which, which stretches your runway. You know what I'm saying? That was what opened my eyes to just living like that. Because he, li- he, he had been living like that for two years. So just being around people who were just, that was their norm. He was like, yo, we don't even know people who don't do this. He was like, all our friends do this. So we, whenever we meet people who don't do this, to us, it's like weird. And we're like, oh, you just, you just like live in one place. place." (laughs) So like, what? You don't, you don't don't get all A's? What? What? <laughs> Yo, I was like, okay, all right, this is different. So, wow. so work for him for free. Mm. He doesn't pay me a dime. I work for him for free. This was I went to Mexico to see him in March. I went. I had ten vacation days at EY. I used all ten. I was like, and that was for the year, and it was in March. Mm. So in my head, I'm like. Yo, after I link with this dude and learn this, I'm not going to be here for too much longer. So these vacation days don't even matter. Mm-hmm. Used up all the vacation days. Go to Mexico. Spend 10 days shadowing him. That was the most, like, educational 10 days of my life. Wow. I come back. And now I'm like, yo, I'm ready. to. I got to go. I got to go now. So I start, like, working with him, working with him. And after, like, maybe, like, a month or so, I start applying for jobs. And on my resume, on my resume, I'm putting his company and I'm putting all the work I'm doing for him. Mm-hmm. I apply for a bunch of marketing jobs in Atlanta. I get called in and I get the interview at Moxie. Mm. Get the interview at Moxie. I literally everything I talk about is what I've done with Leo. Mm. I just like pretty it up. But I know what I'm doing because I've done it and I've done it with somebody at a high level. Mm-hmm. Get the job at Moxie in so mind you, me and Leo link in March. I get the job at Moxie in June. Okay. Right? So three months later, mm-hmm. I'm at Moxie in June. Mm-hmm. And my whole plan is I'm going to go here and get paid now. Because three months now, no pay. But that's fine because there's a value exchange. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now the value exchange is going to be different. Now mm-hmm. it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to actually get paid to do the same work. Mm-hmm. And but I'm learning, mm-hmm. and as soon as I feel like I've learned enough to leave and do this by myself, I'm out of here. Ooh. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. That was the play. Mm-hmm. Start there in June 2019 and put my resignation letter December 2020. Six months. No, 18. Right. So like the so the the second half of 2019. 2019, yes, yes. I be, right. sometimes mm-hmm. I really do believe 2020 doesn't count. <laughs> I think my mind has yeah, gone away. Like my subconscious, my yeah, my subconscious is like, yeah, what? Yeah, uh, okay, gotcha. 18 yeah. months. Mm-hmm. 18 months. I'm like, I get to the point where I'm like, yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty much I've got it. I got most of like you know like that whole 80 20 rule like i'm like I've, i have 80 percent of what i need and this is enough to like bounce That's and right. do my own thing mm-hmm. and start like crossing off like some of these options you know so just for clarification's sake you find what you look for yeah. right like you find what you truly are looking for like you just start to no. see it mm-hmm. it's like it's there but you just can't see it until you're really really looking for it so for me it was like that was a point where i was like 
I can't, I have to find this. It was like a must. Now, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just start seeing things and like, I'm like, all right, like, you know, like my friend could have said that same thing the year before and it would have just went in and right. out, you know? But like, yeah. because it aligned with like what I was trying to find, mm. it just reinforced that like even more, you know? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I have I have been on a ride of, of, of my life and for so many oh, ways, man. so many reasons. I'm so glad we did this interview for so many reasons. And I'm so glad you guys got a chance to watch the entire thing without the camera going dead because this is such a blessing. Y'all were supposed to get this story. I was supposed to get this story. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so to bring it all full circle, um, you are now, you know, working with larger influencer, large influence, not larger, large influencer. I think they would say macro influencers. Um, you are now parlaying your, your experience, your skill set um, into your entrepreneurial endeavors. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it all in Mexico. Doing it all in Mexico. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I could I could ask you what work and play means to you. But I kind of just want to know, like, how you're enjoying life now compared to, you know, three years before you decided or not three years before you decided, but, but way before you decided to run the play and how long it took you to run the play. Just what does that feel like? I I was just talking to one of my boys about this because uh, he's like, Yo, I'm about to buy a one way ticket to Europe <laughs> and just like. Just go. <laughs> I'll come back when I'm done being there. <laughs> uh, but I, I was talking to him about this, the same question. And I was like, bro, you don't understand. Like, the biggest thing that I that has changed for me isn't even, like, financial. It's, like, all mental. It's, it's like, 95% mental. Because... I just feel light. I literally go to bed excited for to wake up. I'm like, yo, I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> Cause I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to do what I want to do. Like I'm still working. I don't work any less than I did at my corporate job. I mm -hmm. probably work a little bit more now. Mm -hmm. But um, but it's like I'm 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 not doing anything I don't want to do. Like you know how you be at work. You're like, man, I'm not trying to do it. Like, I'm not, that doesn't exist. Yeah. And like the amount of just, and I don't know if it's, I don't, because I haven't talked to a lot of people who have gone through this journey. So I don't know if it's just a me thing or if other people would say that like, yeah, bro, like I feel that way too. Yeah. But it's just, I, I, I go to bed and I'm like excited. Yeah. I'm like tomorrow, I'm gonna wake up, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I could just take a Wednesday off if I want. Yeah. And, and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, yeah, like, who's going to do what? Like, no one's going to do anything. Like, yeah. but I can work Saturday and Sunday and just mm -hmm. take off Monday and Tuesday. And just, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. So the flexibility that I have now, it's like, again, I work just as much, but no one controls when I work. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference for me personally. Mm -hmm. Two... Because I'm I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. I'm working on everything I'm working on is stuff I'm excited to work on, I want to work on. I no longer have this weight of using my brain cells to like do a task that someone else put on me that I have no interest in doing. 
that's not going to impact my life in any way. Like that has been, I just feel light, like, 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 light, light. <laughs> like it's, mm. yeah, it's, it's been a mental, it's been a, a more of a <clears throat> mental blessing than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm. I'll say ditto. Um, I, I don't know if this is because I'm a woman, um, but I would say even there are, even though there are not so good days, even mm. my not so good days are still great days. Cause I'm like, I can spend my bad day however I want to spend my bad day. Yeah. I might not be feeling it, but I literally get to wake up and, and my, my view is, it just always reminds me when I'm having a crappy day, I'm like, you are blessed. Like it, it's a whole different feeling. It, it is. Even it, when I'm like, I'm waking up and it's a, like I said, if I'm a moody, if I'm in a moody mo- mood, I still get to talk to my clients. My clients are probably my the brightest part of my day mm-hmm. because I'm I'm like, let's think through a strategy. Yeah, you you want to yeah. leave your job? Let's yeah. do it together. And yeah. so after I leave a call where somebody's as eager to figure out the answer, and I'm like, how can I be of service? You know, it, it makes me feel good for an hour, and then I might go back into my mood. But mm. I enjoy being able to control my day. You literally just. I can relate to that because. Like, and I don't know if it's coming across like I don't have bad days. Not the case, right? Not that it's uh, coming across. <laughs> you, know, you, only show, you only share the, the good part, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, like, there are challenging days. But, again, like, for me, like, okay. So, there's two types of bad days or challenging days. Mm-hmm. There's personal and professional. Mm-hmm. So, you could have, like, those challenges be, like, you, you're just dealing with personal stuff, mm-hmm. right? So that personal stuff, that's going to be there whether you're, you know, in corporate or not, Mm -hmm. right? I've gotten so many questions about this brand, and I'm super excited to share that this episode is sponsored by Black is Wealth Clothing. Now, Black is Wealth was created to inspire and empower our culture to tap into our wealth. Now, when we talk about wealth, we're not just talking about financial wealth. We're talking about the strength, resilience, and brilliance that lives inside of all of us. Now, by tapping into our wealth, we can create any form of wealth that we desire. So if you like this shirt or any other shirt that you've seen me sport on my Instagram or any other any other platform then go check them out at blackiswealth.com i love this one and y'all are gonna love it too now let's get back to the episode the reason i did this was because i didn't know why i was feeling what i was feeling Mm -hmm. it wasn't obvious to me Mm -hmm. so i was like let me try to like let things out and see if i can identify what's causing this stuff Mm -hmm. so i was like this fear oh dang okay yeah i'm kind of scared to disappoint my family another one was uh worst so worst case scenario worst case scenario disappoint your family Worst case scenario, um, run out of money and be embarrassed by the fact that you just failed in business. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, uh, run out of money and can't afford to support yourself financially and end up sleeping on your best friend's couch until you find another job. <laughs> Boom, wrote that yeah. down. So I'm like writing down all the worst case scenarios so I can see what it looks like yeah. to, to really Like the absolute worst, right? Cool. Once I finished that, on the other side, I wrote best case scenario. Mm -hmm. What does this look like if it goes well? What does it look like if it goes well? Not even like to the moon well, just just well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's temporize. Yeah, yeah, just well, right? So on the left side, I went as negative as I possibly can. Yeah. And on the other side, I just went well. Yeah. Right? Not the best case scenario. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if it, what, what does well, going well look like? 
okay, going well looks like I have the flexibility to work when I want, where I want. Going well looks like I have the option to get paid not by the hour, but by how much value I deliver. And I can scale that. I can all, like if right now I could decide, okay, um, instead of running the ads for Shans, oh, did I just turn off this mic? (laughs) Did I? No, you're good. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Instead of running the ads for Shans, I'll train Ariel on how to do it. Okay. And then I'll have her do it. And I'll bring on another client and I'll run that person's ad until I find somebody to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can scale. Right. Versus at my job, I remember looking around feeling like, yo, that guy is going 120 percent. That girl is going 30 percent. They make the same amount of money. The money they make is not a reflection of the value that they provide. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if I can just switch that in my life, I can make way more money. Because I can control how much money I make by just providing more value. Mm. So that was like what it looks like going well. It was mm. like like literally setting a financial goal and having a plan to reach it. I couldn't do that in corporate. If, I, if I'm working in corporate right now and I'm like, yo, I want to make, I want to increase my salary by $10,000 in the next X amount of time. That is not up to me. Yeah. Someone else makes that call, right? Yeah. So going well looks like having a life where I can do that. I can make that decision and have a clear path to it and actually accomplish it. Yeah. Going well looks like I kept writing all the things that going well looks like. Mm-hmm. Then I, I looked at the thing and I was like, okay, am I willing to risk this happening in order to potentially gain this? Mm. And then I, like, I like to think in binary whenever I can. So I was like, yes or no? <laughs> mm. Yes or no? Am I willing to risk this to potentially get this? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. If it's no, do not quit your job. Mm. If it's yes, quit your job. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, well, it's, it's yes. And, not, and, and what I realized was not only is it yes, but this worst case scenario that I'm looking at mm-hmm. is not static, it's dynamic, meaning it's not always gonna stay this way. It's gonna get, it's cause I like, for example, I have, I, I have a friend who he has, um, we're the same age, but he has five children, mm-hmm. right? So, so I can imagine him doing this exercise mm-hmm. and our wor- worst case scenario is looking very different. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like there's a lot, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when he asked that question, Am I willing to risk whatever he wrote down to get this? It might not be yes Absolutely. for him, right? Yeah. So I was like, my worst case scenario isn't going to always be this way. And I, and I really need to take advantage of it while it's this, yeah. right? Because this is pretty like, okay, I'll sleep on my best friend's couch for a couple of months and get another marketing job. And yes. then like save up another runway and quit again anyway. Yes. Right? Like, because I'm always going to be wanting to do this. <laughs> right. So it's I really that. not that bad. Yeah. Okay, like, my parents, I think my parents will judge me or whatever, but for one, maybe they won't. But even if they do, is it worth risking that? Yeah. To, to like, like what, you know what I'm saying? Like, what really does that do to me? Yeah. Like, is it worth risking that? to get this stuff yeah and like for me it was a clear yes <laughs> i feel you i there was one conversation and th- this is not a knock to people experiencing homelessness because i that that is probably probably that's the part that's the impetus of my entrepreneurial endeavor mm. 
But um, I'm just curious, and I don't know what it was like to be a refugee in the yeah, Congo and stuff yeah. like that. But homelessness never, homelessness never crossed your mind. Never. And again, that's just my worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Because for someone else, I was thinking, okay, I, I would I, could I, <laughs> could I be in a shelter? I don't want to be in a shelter. <laughs> but, oh man. But yeah, no, homelessness was one of my. That was not enough. Like for me, it was because I think I have a solid support system. Yeah. That I honestly, I don't even know if I use that much. Mm. But it, but it's there. I know it's there. Like I could never be homeless yeah. like that. But that's, again, my worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So so let's say you might mean you let's say me and you mm-hmm. let's say homelessness is on that list for both of us. Yeah. For me, I might be like, nah, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not willing to risk this yeah. to gain that yeah. potentially gain this. Yeah. It's not guaranteed. Right. But for you, you might be like, no, no, I, I am willing to risk that to gain this. And the reason that I'm willing to risk that to risk homelessness to gain this is because, OK, I'll sleep in the shelter. But for the rest of my life, no. no. Can I sleep in the shelter for 90 days to, to put like, can I risk sleeping in the shelter for 90 days to potentially gain this? And for you, it might be yes. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, I ain't willing to risk a day in there to, to potentially get this. Yeah. I don't like that's not an option for me. <laughs> so that exercise helped me like pull the trigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anxiety? Yeah, it mm-hmm. did. It did. Because I didn't because the things that I wrote down weren't things that I knew in my conscious mind. They were subcon. I didn't know them. I, so there it was these things that were causing these subconscious thoughts that were causing emotion that were triggering emotions. Mm. But because I didn't know what the thoughts actually were, I was just feeling the emotion. Mm. And I was like, I need to let this out so I can see mm. the thoughts that are triggering the emotion that I'm feeling. Mm. Because I have this controversial thing. Oh man, Jovan would probably kill me for saying this out loud. Um, but I don't believe that all of my emotions are valid. Mm. I believe that emotions are things that I need to validate. Mm. So let, (laughs) so. (laughs) Hey, Jovan, that's, that's, yeah, that might be the mental health. Folks, they might have. They they're gonna they're gonna yeah. slaughter me. But for I this. support. I'm a social I'm a social worker. So you oh, have okay, my, okay, yes, okay. You okay, have cool, my vote. Cool. So vote. for me, I I for me, emotions are. I almost view them as like these people, or like they're these like characters in my head. And so, like, let's say for example, if let's say if you and I were dating, and like we went to a conference together, and you spent like 30 minutes talking to some other guy, okay. right? And I'm not a jealous person at all. But let's say if I was right (laughs) and I was like feeling the emotion of jealousy. Right. Right. So I'm feeling this emotion of Mm -hmm. jealousy because I'm seeing you talk to this dude for like half an hour. Like, oh, What's going on? Right. My process is, okay. I feel the emotion. Cool. And I almost I almost like haven't I almost put it on trial and it has to prove to me that it's coming from a place of truth. So I almost have a conversation with this emotion like, okay, so 
why? Why are you here, Jealousy? Like, why are you here? It's like, okay, well, it's because Ariel's over there talking to Mike or whatever. Right, and right. she's been over there for 30 <laughs> minutes and hasn't even acknowledged me. And I'm like, and we just go back and forth, me yeah. and Jealousy, and yeah, we talk. Yeah. And if Jealousy convinces me that it has a valid point for being here, I will accept it. I, and I will, I will be like, you know what? No, I, I should feel this way. Mm-hmm. But if it can't make that case, and if I actually prove it wrong, and I'm like, no, 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 you're tripping. Like, listen, it's a business conference. Like, what are you talking about? It's a business conference. Like, this is probably her way of da-da-da. And, like, think about what this could do for her business. You're actually being selfish. Mm-hmm, mm, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is, and why why am I even feeling this way to begin with? And that might take a lot more unpacking. Like, ah, oh, dang, here goes that thing again of, like, like just growing up and never getting attention from my, my, my siblings or whatever. And I'm I'm really just taking out that thing on REL and that's not fair. Mm. Right. So that's how I kind of like handle emotions. So it was important for me to see that left side of my list so I can so I can validate the anxiety or not like so I could say like is this valid? Is what I'm feel is the anxiety that I'm feeling valid mm-hmm. or not? Yeah. <laughs> is you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like is it and when I looked at it, I was like, ah, no, like, I had that conversation with it. I was like, yeah, no, I, I understand how you could be like afraid that your parents might be disappointing you. And I understand how you could be afraid that like you'd be judged for sleeping on your friend's couch. And da, da, da. Um, but yeah, no, it's not really like you should, should. The, the last question is, should I feel this? Should I? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I, sh- I shouldn't because da, 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 da. And like whatever counter arguments I have with that emotion that's coming to my door asking to, to like, you know, and with the, the but the, the caveat, I will say with that anxiety, what I experienced was it didn't go away. The feeling didn't go away mm-hmm. after I did the exercise. What happened actually was that I understood it. So it allowed me to move forward despite anxiety sitting next to me and, and telling me like, well, I'm not leaving. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. Because if you truly didn't validate your emotions, then you would not have taken the time to, to like look at them and have a conversation with them to really understand them, which is the highest form of love. Mm. So when you think about it, you do validate your emotions. Mm-hmm. You also have a conversation and you, you can disagree politely and move forward knowing that you don't agree. So I just want to save you on that point there for the for the mental health community so that they know that you do you respect your feelings, you validate your opinions, and then the ones that aren't valid, then they don't rule your life. I res- I validate my emotions, Jovan. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, so yeah. you were tying up, you were tying up your final words of wisdom. Um and I think Doing that pros and cons list would certainly help people who are going through that emotional anxiety. I'm going to be honest with you. I have created a course that is specifically suited for people to go from employee to entrepreneur. And I think this will be one of those final exercises once Mm. you've gone through everything Mm. that you need to go through. 
because we talk about taking calculated risks mm. and part of the calculation can literally be this ex- this exercise. So for my clients who are going through their process, I don't know when you're going to be watching this, but if you go through this, if you haven't already, then we're going to go through this together. That's fine. Because I think that's a, that's, that's a really great exercise. That's dope. So for anybody who is out there, who is, look, I'm, thank you. <laughs> Your experience has been super valuable to me as a coach. Um, as a person who's also left their job and for people who are out there who really want to leave their job and whether they're good at it or not good at it, there's so many conversations to have to have before you actually make your transition and then whether you have an exit strategy or not, mm. sometimes it's up to you to take that leap. So if there's somebody at home listening or watching your story and they resonate with you, David, how can they stay connected with you and how can they work with you? What is the way for them to reach out? That is such a good question. <laughs> Work with me how? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you probably just follow me on Instagram, I guess. I'm super low-key. Like, I'd be in the cut, you know. Um, but, like, for stuff like this, obviously, like, it's not what I do for a living. So, I'm always happy to talk through stuff. Like, if you have questions. Um, I For me, I personally like to... I'm more comfortable talking about my experience and not super comfortable talking like probably what you do, which is like, here's what you should do. <laughs> I can't tell you what you should do, uh, but I'm happy to like answer questions like experience wise. Oh, how did I do that? Or how did I do it? How did I go through this? How did I figure that out? Um, but yeah, Instagram probably. What's your at? My or your handle David Kinani. He I always think Kinani is easy to spell, but like it's like it's apparently not. But it's K I N A N I. Um, so just David Kinani on Instagram. There you have it. All right, y'all. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I know you guys got some value under there. So drop some comments below to just say what your biggest takeaway from this conversation was. Also, I, ooh, go ahead. please let like. Um, if you message me on Instagram, like say that you are like one of like Ariel subscribers or something like that, because I might ignore it if you don't. <laughs> That's important. If, I, if, I, if you're just like, hey, bro, how'd you move to Mexico? I don't know who you are. I might not even respond. But if you're like, hey, I saw you on Ariel's podcast, I'll 100% you, you're getting a response. Lit. Okay. You guys have the golden ticket. All right. So until next time, y'all go out there and be great. If you need to replay this video because there were so many gems dropped, go ahead and take some notes. And y'all have a blessed one. Peace out.